go. We're back. We're back, Megan. Welcome back, everybody. I'm wearing my Texas basketball. <laughs> Gotta love it. Got, all right. Got that big win. Big, big win. win in We're going to talk all about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm Rocky. I'm Megan. And we are Fire the Cannon. Thanks again for joining us, y'all, again for another fun episode. Like we were just saying, we are going to cover uh, a lot to talk about today. There's so much. Yeah. I mean, it is officially 302. NOU still sucks. Oh, you still suck. Got to talk about that a little bit. Texas men basketball uh, definitely having a rebound. Uh, we've got some hockey talk coming up. A little yes. bit of hockey. Going to be fun. Uh, we've got some NFL going on. Again, y'all y'all might see the hair it's going the on. the championship. My, you have your Detroit My Lions, Lions support. Hair. Absolutely. I have a little blue. Appreciate it. <laughs> Appreciate the support there. Uh, yeah. And then we are also going to get into, uh, with a very special guest, we're going to talk a little bit of Texas baseball preview. Baseball's coming. With Occupy left field you guys uh, may know him may love him he is awesome definitely known as a texas baseball ambassador so we'll have him on to talk all things texas baseball uh mark little, pena yes mark pena we're absolutely going to talk about uh nfl a little bit too so lots going on y'all please as always we appreciate the comments we appreciate you jumping in make sure that you like and subscribe again that's texas sports unfiltered we are fire the cannon and uh, yeah, let's get rocking. Yeah. So the we're also going to, we have some also fun top story, sports stories that we'll cover at the end. So we, but we wanted to get you guys involved today and we have, yeah, with the blue, it, it looks did, good. Did. Um, so we have some fun things that we want to talk about. So today is actually national compliment day. So yeah. I'm Megan, I will compliment you nailed the blue. Thank you. The, Thank the you. Detroit, Appreciate what, that. what is it called? What it's kind of blue? technically called Honolulu. Blue. Honolulu. Blue. Yes. Yes. So it, so a minute to get the mix right but i think we, it's, i think we got it and you've knocked out the eyeshadow to match <laughs> okay so it's national compliment yep. day so we thought it would be fun to compliment your, your rival today yeah we're, we're feeling generous <laughs> say, say something nice um i would like to compliment ou yeah. for being so welcoming the last five times texas has come to truly Norman. truly i'd say they roll out the red carpet but it's kind of the burn orange carpet they at roll this out point. the horns down and it feeds yeah. and fuels Fuel, and fuels our fuels. souls okay so if you <laughs> if you have a compliment for your most hated rival Sharon, today. It. it's National Compliment Day. Yeah, yeah, I um, like it. And also something that's really huge happening right now this time of year is Girl Scout. No, God. Girl Scout cookie season. Yeah, kill me. What's it, your favorite? What's your favorite? Um, my, my favorite is s'mores, but apparently you said they don't have them this year. I didn't see them to order. So my sister is a teacher, right? Okay. And she went. Something is in my eye. Yeah, this year, this year she's got uh, some students that are selling Girl Scout cookies. So yeah, of course she hit up the family in the family text this morning. She was like, hey, just by the way, Girl Scout cookies of are course. back. I'm like, and she it? has to buy from each student to be fair. Right. right. Well, if you I buy think from one, you have to buy from every kid that's I selling. think she only has the one Girl Scout in her, oh, in her class this year. She's so it makes it easy, right? She doesn't have to worry about the favorites. But yeah, it's so of course I had to get my Thin Mints in and my Caramel Delights. And listen, I will die on this hill. They are not they're caramel delights. Yeah. I get it. I know it's the regional bakeries and all that. I, I just can't call them the, the Samoas. It is caramel delights for life. I don't like, is it the one with the coconut? Yeah, on coconut yeah. and chocolate. Yeah, those too are too sweet. That's too sweet for me. I like the peanut butter chocolate. Yeah, but the you're peanut a peanut butter, butter chocolate. I'm a peanut butter everything. Yeah. So yeah, peanut, the peanut butter one. And um, side note, the 
if you have a nothing but cakes in your area, yeah, um, they have right now Reese's peanut butter chocolate Reese's peanut butter cup cake. So I have four little buntlets in my freezer, right? <laughs> Got them all saved up. I love it. Yeah. Or I don't know when. You are easy to to like get presents for. Chocolate like, oh, peanut butter. Chocolate peanut butter. It, cool, anything Reese's peanut butter, yeah. I'm in. You're done. But I know Girl Scout cookie time. So it's time to have your, and they take Venmo cash. Yeah, out. they do. Straight up. I Venmoed for my Girl Scout. So I ordered my Thin Mints, my Caramel Delights. And then I had to get, I like the lemonades too, to like change it up a little. They are not Samoas. DJ, I will fight you. Maybe some, to some people they are Samoas. No. What it is, is there's, so there's different bakeries. There's regional bakeries, right? Throughout the U.S. And I think there's like two big ones. And it's basically a divide down the center of the U.S. Half of us call it Caramel Delights. Half well, of it's Samoa. he lives where it's a Samoa. And Samoa, Delights, DJ, that's your truth. That's your truth. They are Samoas. That's fine. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't eat them. So I don't know what, what they're called. I will die on the Caramel Delight Hill. I absolutely will. That's fine. <laughs> so we, a lot, a lot, we had a busy weekend because yep. there's always wrestling. There's there's always we watched a lot of football. I say busy weekend. I watched way too much football. Yeah. And Texas basketball. And but let's talk about before we jump into the basketball, let's talk yeah. about hockey. Yeah. Because we want to share that we have we're gonna have like a fun hockey thing this Friday yeah, night. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. So Ooh, Texas lemonade. again, we were talking about our rivals. I will say uh Texas plays Texas AM in ice hockey uh this weekend. So excited to, to see that. Texas hockey is on a roll, man. They are undefeated this year. They're yeah? undefeated. They are out, they've outscored in their three matches so far. They've outscored their opponents 25 to 3. Crazy. So they beat Baylor 10 to 1, 5 to 1. They beat Santa Clara 10 to 1. Mm -hmm. But this this Friday, so Friday night they play here in Austin against the Aggies. Mm -hmm. And then Saturday night they go to College Station right. to play them. I'm so I'm I'm happy that College Station has an ice rink. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this, this Saturday, there's your compliment for A&M. Good job. Okay. Good job. That's, I'm going to compliment A&M and say, I'm sure they have a very lovely ice ring. <laughs> um, so this, this Friday night, we're going to be at the game. We thought it'd be fun to see if anybody else wanted to come and yeah. support the Texas ice hockey. You're a big hockey fan. I love hockey. I don't mind. I have fun when I'm at the game. I don't watch it. Otherwise I'm not going to act Fair like I'm enough. a big, I'm not a big hockey fan, but it's always fun to be at a live event, especially when Texas is playing. Sure. That's always fun. Yeah. So the last time we went to, it was like a Texas, Texas Stars, Stars event. Yep. And it was a, a alumni night. Mm -hmm. Remember what, mm -hmm. what, what happened? That yeah, night? it was the, the Longhorn alumni night. And we, um, yeah, so we were decked out in our, uh, our we bought Texas Stars UT. I had that from, yeah. yeah from, oh, I bought one that night. Yeah. yeah from uh, Friday. Yeah. So it was a good time. And I, I've got the Texas hockey, the official Texas hockey sweater to nice. wear. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It'll be a lot of fun. So if y'all want to join us, if you're up for some hockey, uh, check it out. We will throw the link in the comments. Um, again, it is and hop on it because the tickets are selling. They're fast. almost sold out. I checked this morning and it was, uh, there were fewer than 30 tickets left. Oh, so, wow. When yeah. I last posted, it was under a hundred. Yeah. So, so it may be sold out. We've been trying to tell you on social media to grab those tickets, but yeah, come join us again. It's that's only 10 bucks and five bucks for the teens. Right. Right. And free kids. That's, you can't get better than that. Absolutely. Sorry, guys. My uh, great Danes are going to be joining us. They're hanging out today with us. They're usually yeah. pretty quiet, but you might see one peek in now or then. Um, but yeah, so come join us. We're going to actually be at cover three prior to the game. Uh, that's the one on Anderson. Anderson Lane. Cause, right. Because Texas hockey plays at Chaparral, which if you've lived in Austin, if you're familiar, it used to be Old North Cross mm -hmm. Mall and they had the ice rink there. Now it's like partitioned off and they have 
um, the the ice rink where people do training for ice yeah. skating and hockey practices and all kind of things and free skate and stuff. But apparently that's where the Texas plays their hockey now. So yeah, it's going to be fun. Yes, it'll be awesome. Come join us. We'll be uh, we'll be out about six o'clock at Cover Three. Say hi. This is Toro joining us to yes, say Toro hi to everybody. He does. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> okay to have everybody out there. He's uh, a big dog. I know he is. So Cover Three, Anderson Mill, uh, or excuse me, Anderson Lane. Come join us. Sorry for the heavy breathing. I'll yeah, take them out. Yeah. So um, it's, yeah. So six o'clock. <laughs> yeah. He's being ridiculous. So though. six o'clock, we will be at Cover Theater and Burnett Road. And then eight o'clock is the ice hockey game. And I'm still trying to figure out from the tickets we got. Is it general admission? Like, yeah, it's just, just GA. Yeah. Yep. So we'll just get there and get good seats and hang out and cheer on Texas hockey. There's Absolutely. something fun to do. And it's so affordable. Yeah. Like you could take. You, you can know, take your whole family. You can take your whole family yeah. for you know twenty bucks if you have little kiddos. So that's a great deal. But you do have to reserve the spots for the kiddos. Mm -hmm. It just you just add it to your cart. And mm -hmm. spot. Yeah. So. so that'll be fun. So come out and enjoy us. Um, so again, if you have a compliment for your a national compliment day for your enemies, let us know. Or also, what is your favorite Girl Scout cookie? That's always fun. Uh oh, they're gonna bark. That's okay. All right. So moving on. Today I'm wearing my Texas basketball shirt because we are celebrating the men and the women. So let's talk about this weekend. The We had number nine, Baylor. Mm -hmm. well, let's let's rewind even further than that. Okay, all right. We talked last week. There were some people really down on Coach Terry, um, Coach Rodney Terry. And we were saying, just give him time, believe. He didn't forget how to coach. Right. Right. That this, They're putting together new pieces. This schedule is really tough that it shouldn't explain why they lost to teams they should have beaten and were favored to beat especially at home yeah but overall this is the best conference in the in all of basketball and all of college basketball men's basketball yeah yeah men's basketball thank you and they dropped and they took an l at home to a team that they were up big on at the half mm -hmm. and then they lost on the road and so people were pretty down and worried like what's what's going on and there we just said they're going to figure it out. He's, he's, he's jelly. This team's going to get it together. As we know, the, the Texas family tends to be sky is falling chicken, little prone. So there were a lot of, you know, fire coach, Jerry, you know, this wasn't the right hire. This, he isn't yeah. the guy. Not from us. All, all you got to do, just wait a little bit, guys. Like again, the challenges that Texas basketball has faced is that high turnover rate, right? Again, college basketball, that's tough. The one and done plays some, some roles in there. The portals tough with basketball. So we definitely They're not saw... all Brock Cunningham to stay for <laughs> right, 20 years. Right. So this team does need a little bit of time to figure out how to gel together, how to play together, how to, how to work together. And, you know, maybe it's just they need that little bit of adversity. We saw last year a pretty deep tournament run, mm -hmm. especially for Texas, um, after all the adversity that, that came over with that unexpected, you know, firing of Coach Beard. Um, things really got shook up. Coach Terry took over and the team played together. Yeah. Well, you know, team gets a little down this this uh, this year, lose some games they probably shouldn't have dropped. Um, and all of a sudden we see this team come together and play in a way that we haven't haven't seen a whole lot of this year. So very encouraging what we're I mean. So the Texas football, the Texas media put out a, you know, the little compilation video recapping mm -hmm. the Baylor game Saturday's game. Mm -hmm. And in the I guess the pregame speech, or maybe it's kind of blended right into his halftime speech. Coach Terry said it's going to take a full 40 minutes, a full 40 minutes. It literally took to the last second, yeah, last zero, Bay, zero, yeah. zero on the clock. This game went full 40 seconds. And he said, today is the day we get back. What? And the crowd and the players in the race, they're in, in the what? In the race. So they knew that they're not out of it. They, they can they can be competitive. This is a tough conference. 
everyone in the conference is going to take L's probably on the road, maybe 20% win right now for teams on the road. Right. So everyone's teams are defending home court. Uh, it's going to be tough to win in this conference. And so you take every win, you know, you just, you are, they earn them. So when he said, we're today's the day we get back in the race, the team knew like they're together. And so in that game, I was watching, um, watching streaming listening <laughs> while it's on my phone driving home from san antonio saturday mm -hmm. morning i went to go see nadia wrestle but she didn't end up wrestling so then i left i timed my trip to be on the road mm -hmm. at 11 a.m so i could listen to the game all the way yeah and you know when you're watching it you have you try not to look down because you're going to be a safe driver <laughs> right so i'm trying to listen and all i hear is Three point, three point, three yeah, point. They and were both teams. Yeah, they were absolutely on fire. I, I mean, it's like Texas, and that, and I'll be honest with you, that's something that I have struggled with a little bit. I, I feel like, if anything, this Texas team tries to force the three at times. But mm -hmm. listen, man, it worked out again mm -hmm. against Baylor. They they could not miss from the three. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it made it for made for a really really exciting game. Right. Both teams were going at it. It went back and forth. I think um, I, when I got home, I moved it to the TV and I could sit and watch sure. pretty much most of the second half. And I'm just, I'm just really impressed with the positive attitude, the fans, again, the students, mm -hmm. the students always represent outside of the holiday break, but you know, it's, it's conference time. So the students are representing and here's Zora. Yeah. Um, so I really love the atmosphere. We found out now that Texas is seven and O at the Moody center against ranked teams. Mm -hmm. So this, the, the home, court advantage is huge it's real. at the moody they were 25 and one now they're 25 and three at home but they were 25 and one at right. the moody overall that's massive home court advantage well and again it shouldn't be overlooked that you know texas went on the road right, right. And, and played in baylor's new arena uh, it was camera angles by the way are insane. oh it was a weird camera. But listen in that game there were 21 lead changes what i mean all. it was a back and forth game and you mentioned earlier in the big 12 the away team wins 20% of the time. Right. And now Texas has gone in twice, once at Baylor, number nine Baylor. Again, we're talking top 10, top 15 teams. Yeah. And then go into Norman and just absolutely wreck shop. So Texas basketball really heating up, kind of feels like they're learning how to play together, play well with each other, um, kind of figuring their team out and, and how they play. So uh, let's talk about that OU game again. I hate this, that they're still calling it the Red River rivalry, because I can't say that fast. I, oh, I, I feel on. like I end up as Elmer Fudd. All right. But <laughs> before we move on to the OU, I want to finish with the Baylor one. Sure. At the end of the game, right, Tyrese Hunter had that um, amazing, right, down the court, five seconds, 5.1 seconds left on the clock, mm -hmm. and he lays it up, and he's on his back when the ball goes in. <laughs> well, the most, the coolest thing about that whole, it, those kind of things don't just happen, right? It's They look amazing. They look miraculous. But all that stuff, they, they know. So we, after the game, um, we heard from Coach Terry and Tyrese Hunter. They were saying the same thing that he that the coach didn't call a timeout because he just wanted them to go and right. be instinctive Trust and go. Trust guys, right? Yep. Trust and go, and they knew the plan. Mm -hmm. And also, the players knew he hasn't called a timeout. We got to go. Like right. he, they they both were on the same page that they'll need to break the momentum. They you know they drop a three to tie it with five seconds left, but he just trusted them to go and attack. Mm -hmm. And the players knew the plan. The coach, the, all that was prepared in advance. So right. I feel like people that are 
getting down on Coach Terry. He had them prepared yeah. even for that moment. I didn't call a timeout, so go. Right. And they know, right? I, I thought that was pretty fascinating that he knew that they were trusting them to just go. Yeah, go yeah. Win it. I, but again, I think that plays back to the teams figuring out, you know, how they play with each other. And listen, we, the rotation has changed a lot. Let's give credit to Coach Terry for making the changes he needs mm-hmm. to. We are playing with a completely different set of starters. The rotation is different than it was at the beginning of the season. He's really seen who's, again, DeSue earned his way back in. Right. As he should have built uh, up his conditioning. Right. A Smith getting more playing time. Hunter again, we're shuffling. Weaver. Correct. Yeah. Weaver. I mean, yeah. that's against, against OU. He played a, a big role. We hadn't seen him a whole lot this year, but earning that time in and Weaver came out with w- playing that big role. Again, I need to look at the numbers, look at the stats. Um, but yeah, they were bringing in uh yeah, Weaver had 11 points. He played for 27 minutes, which mm-hmm. is the most he's played all season. So Again, credit Coach Terry for making those adjustments. Which takes time. It does. Understanding how the guys are playing together, making the adjustments, making the calls. Um, So I really do appreciate how this team is developing. And again, would encourage folks, just take a a breath a little bit before we rage tweet about things, right? Um, Now... Again, let's let's talk about that OU game. Yes, let's move. Yeah, it was a really great game. Again, Texas has won in Norman. Texas basketball has won in Norman the last five times that they've played there, and Texas basketball has beat OU the past six times that they've played. The so. last time, the last time Texas lost at OU, no one had ever heard the word COVID. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was in 2019. So uh, listen, it that's a great run for for Texas again. Mm-hmm. At a rivalry, and we're, we're talking a hard conference to play. Road wins are really hard to come by. Texas Especially showed up. OU. Right. Mm-hmm. Texas showed up and, and had some really great wins. So Dylan DeSue, again, had a great game. We're looking, I mean, 19 points there. Double-double. Um, right. Mm-hmm. Ace Smith had 22, contributed to 22. So those were the two top scorers. Um, but again, we're, we're starting to see Cunningham. Played not quite as much as he had in the past. Didn't contribute as much. He had that one three that knocked down. He struggled with the three <laughs> a little bit early. Um, the biggest issue that Texas basketball saw in this game against OU was turnovers early in the game. Right. Um, you know, Texas got up big, but OU was able to come roaring back on fast breaks. I think at one point in the game, they were up, you know, thir- they had score- outscored Texas on fast breaks 13 to nothing. So, yeah, listen, Texas needs to take care of the ball better. Um, but I think, again, that will come with a little bit more time. They cleaned up, made the adjustments. Once again, Coach Terry making those adjustments at halftime. And Texas came back and and far outscored OU in the second half. Um, in the last nine minutes of the game, Texas outscored OU 23 to 8. Right. So we really see that momentum swing for Texas um, and getting their collective crap together. So good, the, good to see. Right. They were swapping leads for a while. OU had the lead at half, about 11 minutes left. Um, there was tied 52-52. And A. Smith drops that NBA three. I mean, mm-hmm. from beyond, Way out. From beyond downtown, the downtown. arc. And that just flipped it. From that point on, Texas was on a roll. Defense, even when there was one minute left, they were being aggressive on defense. And it was, it was, really fun to watch text. I will nervous. I'm watching like this, you know, until they start pulling away. And you know me, I like to track win probability. I I do that with, I can watch golf and track win probability. So (laughs) I track win probability on, and it's on the ESPN app. If you click into the game, there's a place where you can track as, as things happen, whose odds of winning. There was a point in the game, um, middle of the first half uh, where, Oh, you had an almost an 80% chance of winning that game. And Texas took it away. And the rest of the game, it's just Texas up to 99% win. And they held on. And like you said, winning at OU, even though Texas has done it four years, now five years in a row, this year, though, 
Oklahoma was undefeated at home, 10 and 0 at home. And also they had a lead at half and they were 12 and one at when they, had, they were 12 and 0 with the lead at half. Now mm -hmm. they're 12 and one with the yep. lead at half. So that, that shows you that Texas is coming together. They are a capable basketball team. They've just got to limit the mistakes and again, learn how to jive with each other. And I think right. we're getting there. I really do. Um, want to quickly note too, uh, Texas women's basketball back in the top 10. Yeah. So it's, it was a great, great weekend uh, overall for Texas basketball in general. Again, Texas uh, women on the road, they were at OSU, right. um, won 76 to 66. So a decisive win, which bumped them back up into the top 10. Again, we saw Madison Booker have an incredible game with uh, 19 points. One of the things I want to talk about real quick, though, mm -hmm. Schaefer really has his team humming. Again, we're missing Rory Harmon for right. sure, Huge. Um, who is scheduled for surgery this week now. Oh, so. I think she had surgery a couple Did of days. Just ago. happened? Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, so we're wishing her a good road to recovery there. Um, Booker, of course, has really picked up and kind of stepped Getting in. Getting national attention. Absolutely. Stepped in the shoes of where Harmon would have been. But there was a really even distribution of the ball uh, in this past game against Oklahoma State. Again, we saw Madison Booker as the, the lead scorer with 19 points. But right after her is Taylor Jones, uh, the forward, with 18. And then again, you see Aaliyah Moore with 17. And Shaylee Gonzalez with 15. So they mm -hmm. were moving the ball around. OSU, and that's really hard to defend when you have players – all over the court that can score at a whim. So again, Texas women's basketball, a lot of fun to watch. Uh, so if you yes. haven't had a chance, check them out. And tonight, continuing the rivalry theme, uh, again, Texas takes on Oklahoma at the Moody at 6 p.m. tonight. So if you have an opportunity, check out women's basketball. It's a lot of fun. I was surprised to see Madison Booker and Shaley Gonzalez both played all 40 minutes right. of the game. Right. That, that kind of conditioning to go game after game, playing every minute of a game, that was that to me that that shows that they're really putting in the offseason work to be conditioned at that level. Absolutely. And then Taylor Jones, like you said, with a double double, she's got 18 points, 14 rebounds. I mean, that's conditioning and fitness. I just that's I know. What, that's I'm dying just watching them. Yeah. Then. So if you're in Austin <laughs> and you can get to the Moody Center tonight, 6 p.m., that is the women's opportunity to take on that Red River Red River rivalry. I'm telling you, it's impossible to say Red River OU, rivalry. Oh, you women are 11 and six, but five and one in conference. So I went yeah. to look for a spread on that game. I would guess Texas is favored, but I couldn't find an actual spread without digging through a bunch of stuff. All right. I don't want to miss this out. Jonathan, thank you. See, look, compliment arrival oh, yes. today. Compliment your rival Compliment today. OU basketball for losing six times in a row against Texas at the Lloyd Noble. Yeah. Again, that's well done, Oklahoma. Well done. Oh, see, this is <laughs> Jonathan also likes my same Girl Scout cookies. Yeah. He also is a s'mores and a peanut butter. But they, yeah. you did see that. They nixed the fudge strips in the s'mores. They did year. get rid of yeah. the s'mores. Yep. So fortunately I can make my own. Yeah. No <laughs> kidding. All right, Stephen. And thank you. We appreciate you joining us. We, we love having you here. We appreciate you guys joining again, like, and subscribe. We are, uh, <laughs> what is the name of our show again? Fire the cannon on um, Texas sports unfiltered. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. Thank you. You're I feel really like it's sunshine, a Monday. Steven, thank you. <laughs> I feel like it's a Doesn't Monday. it with this rainy, dreary, like it thunderstormed all morning? It was yeah, very annoying. I have no like, idea which day it is because I feel like I just hide out in the house with the weather. So, yeah. So, but we have soon joining us in just a couple minutes, Mark Pena. He's going to join us from Occupy Left Field. Absolutely. So that's going to be fun. Again, we'll talk some playoffs with him. We'll talk a uh, preview of Texas baseball and what it means to be a Longhorn. I think there's a, there's a lot going on there. So, well, um, he's, well, let's, right. let's talk about real fast before we, we get Mark okay. to jump in. Uh, we had a couple stories around the nation today, uh, some sports stories. Um, we have Texas Junior Day. Went well on campus. Over a uh, hundred 
not just juniors, but underclassmen right. were there. A lot of big names coming in. Uh, looks like we might have gotten some silent commits. We uh, got two verbal again. commits, mm -hmm. for sure. We got two commits that were Lance Jackson. He's class of 2025. He's listed as an athlete. Um, from Pleasant Grove, four star, very nice. But we this we got one that's 2026, and mm -hmm. this is shocking because my daughter's a sophomore; she's class of 2026. So I think <laughs> these kids are already committed to colleges. Crazy, a lot can happen between oh, now I, and then. Oh, no I know. Question, no, I'm but... saying take them if you if <laughs> if the staff you know can evaluate and trust that they're you know they're on track to be college you know material and help them win a championship in a few years. I'm just thinking like. Wow, already? Yeah. They're sophomores. Um, so Racine Guillory, he's a uh, running back from Alito. So that's good because we RBU, know. RBU, baby. RBU. <laughs> Five star is on his profile. So that's pretty nice. He um, is, a the, like I said, 2026 running back from Alito. So those two commitments. But we also got a couple more from the transfer portal. Yep. Um, which, that's happened since we last talked. Everyone's heard, mm -hmm. you know, Amari Nyblock, the tight end that left Alabama to come to Texas. And also, uh, Tio Ali'i. Mm -hmm. Savea. Yeah, from Tio Ali'i Savea. You've been studying your Texas media. I like it. I like mm -hmm. it. From uh, Arizona. Yeah, defensive yeah. line following, of course, the coach, the defensive coach from Arizona who came to Texas. So that um, that's going to be good, building up the roster. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, that, it's a lot changing again we'll always update you guys with with the the latest of the transfer portal again start killing it alabama just dismembered at this point Poor um, thing. Def definitely interesting Poor Alabama. yeah but Welcome you know you know what's interesting too and i want to say it was doc allen that posted this but um texas average from the high school rankings mm -hmm. is 92 rating the rating yep 92.38 which is number four in the country but from the transfer portal, player rating 92.57, mm -hmm. number one class out of, well, Aggies have the number one if you accumulate that they have, was it 23 players or mm -hmm. something from the portal? Mm -hmm. um, so, But actual quality versus quantity, like actually rating each player, right. Texas didn't take 23. You know, they're at eight or so, eight, mm -hmm. eight right now. So that gives Texas the number one. Uh, recruiting class if you're going by rate, average portal. rating of player. But they're both great. Good job. I'll, I'll compliment my rival. Good job, Aggies, on getting 23 <laughs> people. I can't imagine needing 23 people to fill a team, but good job. Congratulations. That's that's national, you. national compliment, national compliment day. day. It's all, all good. All right, y'all. So all we right. have him on deck. Mark you, Pena. You may know him as Occupy Left Field. We know him as Mark Pena. He is the emperor for all things Texas baseball. Uh, and a few other things, and the absolute killer of Michelob Ultra, Mark. <laughs> How are y'all doing? Good afternoon. It's good to see you. Sorry, we're going to get the volume up a little bit on you. So uh, you holding up in this lovely weather that we're having in the Austin area? Oh, I'm, I'm hoping that all the cold weather and all the wet weather is uh, getting its licks in now so that when baseball rolls around in a couple of weeks, hopefully we'll we'll have some some clearer weather out there. That's my hope anyway, but Absolutely. but we'll see how that goes. Well, and you know how Texas goes. We, we're going to do great, do great. We'll have this beautiful baseball opening. And then there's going to be a game that's going to be 19 degrees outside. And, you know, we're going to have to suffer through that. So, but we'll absolutely. be there. We'll have the, the heaters and the tents ready for that weekend. But you're absolutely right. There's, there's always one weekend where it feels like winter right in the middle of baseball. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, again, you've, you've garnered quite the online following and quite the in-person following with <laughs> Occupy Left Field. It's always a party out there, man. And uh, 
got to credit you with getting, you know, when CDC came in, Patterson was here before, had put up a billboard out in left field to make it almost impossible to see in from the outside of the stadium and then didn't run any ads on it. And you you ran a you ran a pretty big campaign uh, when CDC came in to get that removed, taken down, so to improve the fan experience. Tell us a little bit about that. You know what? Tell us about the the lore, the culture of left field, and what it means to you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we were talking about it uh, the other day amongst friends. We've been out there in left field now for probably over fifteen years, so it's been a while now. Uh, but you know, I, I kind of tell everybody I was raised out at Dishball Field. My parents every baseball weekend would have me out there at dish Park when i was young uh some of the time they would just drop me off with friends from like the age of seven and eight and just <laughs> give me 10 bucks and come pick me up eight hours later so i was kind of uh raised out there and you know we had that left field area open for several years and uh you know i will admit when we were in our in our younger days in our late 20s it got got a little rowdy out there there was a couple of uh postseason regionals uh that, that got a little crazy a little out of hand and uh you know you mentioned steve patterson i i know he gets a lot of uh comments from texas fans from his time but it was actually uh mr delos dodds who put up the, oh. the advertising wall thank you so okay. it was before it was before patterson's time gotcha uh you know that went up uh for the primary reason of of advertising and it did kind of Kill the left field vibe out there for several years, but we kind of made do with what we had. Uh, the crowd shrunk kind of, uh, you know, quite a bit. And you see the picnic tables that are out there now, those were actually built to give us a way to kind of stand on the tables and still be able to see over uh, the advertising board. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we get a lot of questions about why we watch games from left field and that's an interesting story as well. I'd say the large majority of the regulars out there, we all have season tickets. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but but it just happens to be the case where we're all sitting in different areas of the stadium. We like congregating and hanging out together. Uh, you know, a lot of us now have kids that are running around that can't sit in place for more than two minutes at a time. Uh, so left field is just kind of the spot where we're out there uh, you know, with the ability to watch the game, the ability to interact and co-mingle with friends, meet new people, and, you know, give a spot for our kids to kind of run around. Uh, but going back to the story of the advertising board, when CDC got to Texas, uh, man, he was amazing. And, and I feel like he's done so much across the board and, and so many sports to help the overall environment and to, to bring the fans and the passion from fans back to UT Athletics. Uh, but, you know, it's funny, the, the first game we met him at baseball, he walks up the sidewalk there in left field, uh, you know, introduced himself to a couple of people. And it actually took him about two minutes before he turned around and asked, he goes, what is that board right there? And, you know, we, we kind of gave him the cliff notes of the story about, you know, how long we had been out there, the board was put up to kind of block fans from being able to, to see the game from outside. And he kind of, you know, gave us a weird look and he's like, well, let me see what I can do about that. <laughs> like he doesn't and, have uh, any control, right? Let me, let me see if I can make some calls on that. <laughs> I'm the guy. Let me call yeah. myself. <laughs> <laughs> but, but funny enough, right. He went into the stadium and immediately after we start getting texts during that same game from people inside the stadium where, you know, he's asking questions like, 
do these people actually have season tickets? You know, do they come into the games? Have they been fans for a while? And then he walks out of the game about the seventh inning and, and he was taken off to go home. And he told me and my buddy, Jeff Cross, he kind of looked at us and he goes, hey, after the game, don't leave. We got a surprise cooking for you. And he just walked off. And we really didn't know like what that meant. Uh, but sure enough, as soon as the game was over, the eyes of Texas, uh, you know, was played. And then two golf carts start coming from the side of Dishbalk with a couple of groundskeepers. They immediately came over with tools and took the, the sign down that day. That's incredible. Uh, so it was, it was nuts. It literally took him two hours uh, to kill that board. And, you know, we, we like to tell the story that during the, I think it was the five or six year period that that board was up and left field was blocked. Believe it or not, Texas did not host a single regional in Austin. Uh, and they had not had much of any success over that couple year period. And as soon as that board came down, uh, I tell you what, that year we were hosting regionals and it just started to kind of catch fire again. We were back in Omaha on a, on a yearly or, you know, every other year kind of cadence. And we like to think that, you know, bringing the fans back, allowing that atmosphere back at Dishbalk uh, had a little part to, to play in that. Absolutely. Brush that dirt off your shoulder, sir. That's a, that's a big accomplishment there. Again, you know, you know, one of the cool things about left field is when you're you're out there. And, and again, you mentioned that most of the folks, the regulars that are out there all have season tickets. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to say this, too. I do think CDC has really put the emphasis on game day atmosphere, you know, not just with uh, baseball, but also, you know, we're seeing it with football with the drone shows and the the changes and, you know, what's available on Viva Boulevard and, and Smokey's. What is it? Smokey's Midway. Um, CDC has really encouraged tailgating at baseball. It has turned into a culture there. And I think that's something that you guys help start, help prove it can be a lot of fun. This You can bring people to baseball and get that excitement there. Um, you know, I think for a long time, baseball had a bit of a history of maybe being a slower game, maybe a little quieter game, right? But you come out, you tailgate, you do some fireball shots, you have a great time with a lot of friends. You got the grills going. I've, I've never seen... Texas baseball have so much energy as it's had recently since CDC came since those, you know, the ad boards came down and since the tailgating has really taken off. It, it's a, it's a fun place, man. It's a, it's a cool atmosphere. Wow. Absolutely. And oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Rocky. Oh, I was just going to say, you mentioned like the, you know, the success that Texas has had and it's absolutely linked to that board coming down. <laughs> but I think that the players have mentioned and they, yeah. they recognize and acknowledge, you know, left field, they'll point, they'll come out to, you know, and be a part of the, the community. The players' families are there, you know, a lot and engaging with the group. So tell people who all is allowed to come hang out with you at left field. Is it just a members only? No, we have we have very simple rules. Uh, anybody is allowed out there provided that you're able to behave and act like an adult. Right. So obviously there's alcohol out there. Uh, we have some sponsors that, that do a great job of helping us out uh, from a beer perspective. But we do at our age now with kids out there, with families out there. We like to somewhat keep it under control. Uh, right. And, and we ask fans to go out there, be respectful of opposing fans as well. I think one of the things we really like to do is invite in all of the fans of the opposing team, give them a place to tailgate and hang out uh, during series at, at Dishbalk. So we take a lot of pride in that. Uh, but you're absolutely right, Rocky. One of the things that, that we love the most about left field is just 
the opportunity to establish those relationships with our current players uh, and their families, right? Uh, some of the best friends we've made over the last decade have been with some of our best players' dads, right? Taylor Youngman's dad. We have Jeb Zubia out there who's an all-star. Uh, you know, Tristan Stevens' dad, Preston, is is one of uh, the guys that was out there for years. And the, the latest one was uh, Donovan Campbell, you know. And, and those guys really do become our best friends. We hang out with them every weekend. You know, now every time I'm in Houston, I give Donovan and Zubia a call. We're going out to lunch and hanging out with them. Uh, so it really is just like a community. Uh, and again, there, there's no restrictions on, on who's out there. You know, we, we encourage people to come out. Uh, we definitely want Dishfalk to, to just grow in the numbers of, of fans that are out there. And we really hope that that stadium can continue to grow and become a really big uh, home field advantage, especially as we move into SEC play. Oh, that's a great segue. You mentioned going into <laughs> SEC. We know it's there's really competitive baseball in the Big 12, and we can look ahead to the schedule in just a bit when we talk about what we're most excited about for the season, what matchups you're looking at. But since you mentioned the SEC, we can chat really quickly about that. What what do you what are you looking forward to most about next year, next season, when Texas baseball is going to have, you know, the games against Tech, TCU, they're, they're big games. They're big, you know, weekends. But now you're going to be LSU, Arkansas. What what are you looking forward to? What towns are you looking forward to having those weekend series? I tell you what, we better be ready, uh, especially for baseball, right? I, I think everybody knows that the SEC is such a strong conference and and everybody likes to talk about the strength of the SEC as it relates to football. Uh, but I really do believe that SEC baseball is probably their strongest sport and the sport that they dominate the most. Uh, I mean, when you talk about the College World Series, you'll typically have four at minimum SEC teams in Omaha. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a war. Every weekend in SEC play is going to be a challenge for Texas baseball. Uh, but, you know, obviously, as a fan, I'm looking forward to that. And and no offense to some of the schools that we play right now, but, you know, imagine replacing a team like Kansas with somebody like a Tennessee coming to Austin or, you know, Mississippi State, something like that. So uh, it's going to be insane. And, and I think the road trips uh, going to the SEC for baseball are going to be equally as fun. And, you know, I, I like to, to say that, Baseball is three times the party as a football weekend because you have three different games yeah. and you're there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? So you really get to kind of dig in and meet fans of the other teams, spend a weekend with them, uh, really see what those road cities have to offer. Uh, and I can't wait. It's going to be incredible. And uh, I think Texas is going to be a fantastic addition uh, to that conference. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean – Really, the SEC baseball is incredible. That's where Vandy really gets to shine, right? They hang their hat there. <laughs> I'm going to ask you that. Okay, so there is some controversy with that, you know, how to cheer, what's the best way to support. Are, are you pro or or against the Vandy Whistler? Oh, my Lord. Uh, <laughs> I will admit I am against that guy. He, he drives me crazy. Uh, I will say, though, that on TV it's a little bit more annoying than when you're at a game. I've, I've been in both instances with the Vandy Whistler. Uh, but man, on TV, it's like you, if you're trying to listen to the commentators, you just can't get around that. It's like 
so piercing and so consistent. Uh, but, you know, at, at some level, you have to give it to him for being a, a diehard fan. And, and I think he's he's one of those Scott Wilson types who never misses a game. And he's everywhere Vandy baseball is. So uh, you kind of have to give him that. But, uh, man, that, that whistling's a bit much for me. Yeah. Listen, I, I have to say I'm pro Vandy Whistler just because he's doing the job. Like, he gets on people's nerves and like gets on the opposing team's nerves and it can get in their head. Like everybody knows who he is. Everybody hears him. So I got to give him credit for that. Like he's doing his job as a fan, you know, supporting his team, distracting the other. Yeah, it, it can be a bit much on TV. I agree. But but it, but I'd have to agree with you in person. It's not nearly as bad. And I, I'm here for it. Like, look, that's the worst we have to deal with is some whistling. I'm, I'm all right with it. <laughs> so, it it could right. be worse than whistling, I guess. That's fair. That's fair. We know you, especially on, on social media, you're very you're a strong advocate for the players and you know the, the game atmosphere and supporting the team. What players this year are you looking most forward to? Maybe the, some improvement and progression from last year or some new faces that you're going to see? And also, what's, what do you think the answers are going to be this year for pitching? So I'll throw all that out to you. <laughs> That's a lot of good questions. So, uh, you know, obviously, as we ramp up for each new season, it's it kind of sucks to think about some of the guys that have been around for so long that are no longer with the team, right? Players like Eric Kennedy, who's been around forever, and Dylan Campbell and Lucas Gordon, uh, you know, some of those fan favorites. Those are going to be really, really tough players to replace. But I personally feel like we have a very strong core of players coming back, uh, a lot of experience coming back, right? Uh, we have guys like Porter Brown in the outfield who – uh, you know, had his first year at Texas last year coming from TCU and just had immediate impact, became uh, an immediate fan favorite of ours. Uh, so I'm looking forward to guys like him. Uh, we also have some very other strong pieces uh, position player wise, right? Uh, we have guys like Jared Thomas, uh, Jalen Flores at shortstop, who I think is getting a lot of uh, offseason publicity. I think he's one of the guys that's really going to make a huge jump from last year to this season, right? He had opportunities to play uh, last year, but not consistent ones until the end of the season. Uh, and I think that weighed on him a little bit. He was maybe pressing a little bit uh, when he got his opportunities because he wasn't sure, am I just playing this game? Am I going to be playing the whole weekend? But uh, I think he's going to be one of our most impressive players in the 2024 season. Uh, and then again, you know, you, you mentioned pitching. Uh, I think starting pitching is something that I feel pretty confident about. Uh, we were very fortunate to have guys like LeBaron Johnson and Tanner Witt uh, decide to come back uh, for Texas. But I will admit the, the bullpen does have some question marks. We have some, some unproven talent there, some quality arms that I think can be very, very good. Uh, but to be honest, arms that we haven't seen uh, in the heat of battle, right? And and we're probably going to have to go a few weeks before we truly understand what our bullpen is going to look like and who some of the spot guys are uh, out of the bullpen. But again, going back to the starting pitching, uh, if we get anything close to what LeBaron was like at the end of last year, he's going to be an All-American for us in a Friday night, just lockdown ace uh, for our team. And, you know, I think most of us know the Tanner Witt story. He was Phenomenal early on at Texas and then had the arm injury, uh, missed the majority of last year, came back at the end of the season, uh, but was on some pretty tight restrictions from a pitch count perspective. 
Uh, and quite honestly, I, I think he would probably tell you he didn't have his best stuff at the end of last year. Uh, and, and maybe he did come back a little bit sooner uh, than, than he should have. Uh, but, but I think if we can get him back into a comfortable spot, and if we see the Tanner Witt of old come back here in the 2024 season, him and LeBaron are going to be a hell of a one-two punch for our uh, weekend rotation. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I know we've got a new freshman coming in, uh, Will Gasparino. Like, again, I, I'm impressed with this kid. He is listed at 6'6", 210, but when he's out there, he looks like he's at least seven foot. I mean, he's a monster. Uh, any any insight on him? Any any excitement coming in for Gasparino? It, he is absolutely a monster. And uh, I will admit, in, in my older age, I don't keep up as much with recruiting as I used to when I was younger. Uh, but obviously, I have seen some some video of him hitting uh, when he was in high school. Uh, but the orange-white series, I mean, he had some fantastic at-bats. Uh, I know he had at least one home run uh, in that, that orange-white series. And you're absolutely right. He's listed at 6'6", but he looks taller than that. He looks 6'8". Uh, <laughs> he's just skinny, lanky. I uh, can't imagine what he's going to look like when he kind of grows into that body. And, and I'm assuming the strength and conditioning – uh, staff at UT are already working to, to get him, uh, you know, meat on those some more pounds, some, yeah, some meat <laughs> on the bones, but he's a monster. And, and, you know, another name I wanted to throw out, we have a big transfer coming to us from Duke, uh, Storm, who's a first baseman, who's supposed to be fantastic. He's a veteran player, uh, played a ton of games uh, for Duke. He's a very solid program out there in the ACC. Uh, you know, you're kind of hearing rumors that he might slide in and, and start from day one at first base. And, you know, if he can plug in and, and be that transfer, uh, you know, kind of what we saw from guys like Garrett Gilmet and Skylar Messenger uh, the past couple of years. And if he can come on and make that type of impact, uh, I, I think he's going to be a huge player for us this year as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely keep an eye out for him. Luke from Duke, right? Um, Absolutely. So preseason in, in our polls, uh, Texas is ranked 16. I saw a little bit of back and forth. You and uh, Kendall Rogers tend to have a pretty good relationship there. Um, you you think Texas is a little low, a little high. How are you feeling about Texas preseason at 16? I'll tell you what, I'm the first one to drink the Kool-Aid about Texas baseball every year. So to me, uh, just knowing what we have coming back and, again, understanding that we have some unknowns from the pitching side, I really feel like we're a top 10 team. Uh, I've seen a couple of other polls that came out that, that I'll admit are a little less reputable in terms of the, the source of those polls. D1's kind of the leader in college baseball. Uh, they have us at the top 10, but D1 did put us at 16. Uh, but, but I think we're going to be right there. You know, the Big 12 this year, last year with, with Texas and Oklahoma, obviously we've added in some new teams. Houston, Central Florida, all of those normal faces. Uh, I think the conference is going to be a little top-heavy. Uh, there's going to be quite a few good teams. And, and I think going into the year, uh, we're, we're probably the second-best team in the Big 12. I think TCU is going to be have a monster season, uh, you know, up there in Fort Worth. But I do think we are a top-10 caliber team. Uh, and, you know, the fun thing about our schedule is, is the third weekend of the season, we're going to have an opportunity to prove that. Uh, playing LSU and Vanderbilt and Texas State uh, down there in Houston. So I'm excited to, to kind of see what the team looks like. And I'm, I'm hoping we're as good as I think we are. So 
Uh, fingers crossed from that perspective. Absolutely. You you mentioned TCU being the best team in the conference and uh, going into the season, Texas gets them at home, which is really, really nice. So let's go ahead. Um, since you talked about the schedule, playing LSU, Tech State, really good. Go Bobcats yeah. um, and Vanderbilt that weekend in Houston. But for the month of February, Texas is at, has nine games. Well, the alumni game and then eight match, eight real games, um, all at home. So what a great way to start the season. A lot of local fans will get the opportunity to come watch San Diego, um, Houston, Christian, Cal Poly, and then LSU, Texas State, Vanderbilt. And that's that round robin mm-hmm. weekend, right, where they mm-hmm. it's, it's in Houston. Wasn't it in Dallas? Minute, yeah, they, they switched back and forth between okay. Minute Maid and Blue Life. Yeah. Yep. And then the Aggies come to town with their bubbles. Oh, boy. Oh boy. <laughs> what do you think about the bubbles? <laughs> Not a fan of the bubbles, but don't get me started on that. <laughs> well, then, but for Big Big 12 play, conference play, Texas starts at Tech. What are you thinking about Tech? Do you know what they have going on this year? They're always solid, and, and I'm expecting them to, to probably be in the, the two to three range in the Big 12. Every poll that I've seen has them somewhere in the top 25. Uh, playing them in, in Lubbock as well is just a different animal. Uh, they're, they're a tough team. Uh, to beat out there in Lubbock that, you know, I'm not even going to say no offense. I'm just going to say it. Their their park plays like a high school stadium in Lubbock. And, you know, I I think the series, and we played them a couple years ago out there, there's probably five or six home runs a game. And it just feels like pop-ups are landing in the street uh, there in Lubbock. So that's going to be, I think, our toughest road series of the year. Uh, I am very excited that we have TCU. Uh, coming to Austin in the last year of the Big 12. That's going to be an incredible series. I like the way that it's aligned with the UT spring game as well for football. I'm hoping that we're able to work out the schedule there uh, to where there's no overlap or the games aren't right back-to-back so that there's time for fans to really take in that entire day on Saturday. That, that's just going to be an incredible okay. uh, environment. Uh, you know, and I, I think another big weekend here in Austin is going to be hosting Oklahoma State. Uh, they're always a, a solid baseball program as well, and that'll be real fun. Uh, but, Rocky, you went back to kind of the, the schedule in total. I personally like the way that, that it sets up. Uh, you know, being a Texas baseball fan, unless you're talking about going out to Palo Alto and play, playing Stanford out of conference, mm-hmm. I don't really feel like Texas should be going on the road in out-of-conference play. Uh, I feel like we're a big enough name that teams should be coming and playing us in Austin. Uh, you know, I, I know that it might have some considerations in RPI and those type of numbers, but to be honest, I don't really care about that. Uh, as many games as you can play in Austin, the better. Uh, right. And I think especially for, for young, unproven teams that has some question marks, especially around pitching, I like that our schedule is very heavy at the beginning of the year, playing in front of the home fans. Uh, and getting an opportunity to get some experience, right, before you have to go to Lubbock or before you have to go to Houston and play in front of 15,000, 20,000 people uh, at Minute Maid. So I, I love the way the schedule works out overall. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I do want to point out, something that's become kind of a a, a regular uh, each year at, at UT, at the Dish, is having Air Force come in. So what a, what a game. it's a midweek series, right. um, again, to work with scheduling. But Air Force comes in on Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, March 19th and 20th. And that's always a really fun series to me. Like, I'm going to say, if I'm not rooting for Texas baseball, it's going to be Air Force because they, they're they just – it's a lot of fun. It's a special 
special rivalry. I think those two teams really they kind of have a little love fest going on between each other. You know, it's it's fun mm -hmm. to see them interact. You know, coach comes in, and again, you're watching players that are serving our country too. So it's a it's a special series. It's unique and mm -hmm. and it's a really fun way fun way to spend your day, spend your week at, at the dish for sure. We, yeah, that, that's definitely an impressive group of of young men. And when they came in, especially two years ago, uh, I mean, they were a hell of a team. You know, they. They obviously had Paul Skeens, who moved on to LSU and won a national championship uh, last year. But but I remember them coming in in a midweek, and they beat the crap out of us the first game that we played. And it seemed like every ball, they were either hitting it over the wall or off the wall. And I was like, what's going on? And then, uh, you know, later in the year when they got announced to, to be coming back to our regional, mm -hmm. uh, I was not happy about that. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, that's. That's the, the four seed, I think they were, in the regional. They're an impressive uh, group of young men. And, and to your point, excited to, to see them again. And I really love the way the Texas fans as a whole responded to them, yes. uh, treated them. It was a super cool you know, moment after that series where they kind of stood behind our team during the eyes of Texas. Just a lot of mutual respect uh, between the players. And, and all the, you know that, that type of stuff is always fun to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, man, we uh, totally appreciate you joining us. Do you have a little bit of time to hang around and, and talk, talk a little bit more? All right. So um, let's say we've, we've touched base on on players that you're excited about, you know, players that we might miss. Um, you, you ready to give any predictions for uh, what Texas baseball does this season? Absolutely. I'm, I'm definitely ready for that. So I, I will say historically as a Texas fan, uh, my goal for every season is for Texas to host a home regional. And if you can accomplish at least that, uh, you're setting yourself up for a pretty good shot uh, at making the College World Series. Uh, this year, again, I, I really feel like Texas will be a top two team in the Big 12. Uh, but with that being said, I expect us to finish in the top 10 at the end of the regular season. Uh, getting a home regional with the, with the outside shot at a top eight seed. Uh, and I am willing to, to put my name on it that I think Texas will be in the College World Series uh, come this summer. So Say it with your chest. Uh, I like absolutely. it. Absolutely. We, we have some guys that are going to have to step up. And, uh, you know, to be honest, there, there's going to be positions that we're not going to be able to withstand many injuries. I think pitching is one of those, mm -hmm. right? To where if we, we lose a big name on the staff, there's, not a lot of proven talent behind them to step up. But I think if we can stay healthy and, and we have guys uh, compete and perform the way that they will, uh, I do like Texas to finish in Omaha in June. I like it. You love to hear it. I'm uh, Again, thanks for all your insight. Again, you guys, if you do not know, uh, please follow Occupy Left Field. That's Occupy LF on the Twitters. Um, it is just a party out in left field. You get a lot of shout outs from the players, a lot of shout outs from the families. So if you haven't made it out to dish bulk field, do so make sure you stop by left field, uh, enjoy a brew or two responsibly, of course, <laughs> have a good time. So 
Um, on that note, we are going to, uh, coming up, we've got our happy hour. So Mark, you ready? You ready for your happy hour? I'm, I'm always ready for happy hour. You know that. All right. Well, we'll have that in a minute. I'm going to go grab it. while Because Richard usually brings <laughs> us our drinks at 4 o'clock, but he's not here today. So oh, I'm going to go grab it while Megan absolutely. Does, we'll, we'll cover a few says more things. thank you to one of our sponsors. Yeah, absolutely. So we do want to give a huge shout out to Covert Ford. Um, they've actually got a new uh, uh, dealership out in B-Cave. So that is Covert B-Cave. Um, they are a family-owned group of automotive dealerships, and they've served the greater Austin area for over 100 years. Since their inception, the team at Covert Auto Group has been committed to providing customers with high-quality selection of new and pre-owned vehicles, as well as outstanding service and customer satisfaction. I'll tell you, I've been out to that uh, their, their new dealership out in B-Cave, and it is gorgeous. It sits on 42 acres, state-of-the-art, top-of-the-line everything. You're comfortable while you're waiting for service. Um, and of course, they've got quite a few dealers uh, and brands out there. So they've got Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. In addition to seven other brands, Covert also has Ford and Chevy and Hutto and Ford Lincoln and Austin. So if you guys are out there looking for a new or awesome pre-owned vehicle, please check out covertbcave.com. And that's part of the Covert Auto Group family. So got to get that little shout out in. They they give us some rides to go up to uh, to Dallas for OU weekend. Uh, Brad, BK, and Bucky have definitely been out there a few times. So it's a pretty cool joint. Pretty cool joint. But all right, Mark. Well, we're going to jump in uh, as soon as we get happy hour going here. We're going to talk a little bit of NFL. We're going to talk. All right. Yeah, I, 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 I hate to bring it up. You are a Cowboys fan, yeah? Uh, unfortunately, I was uh, I was born into that misery, but but yes, I am a, a proud Dallas Cowboys fan. Yeah. Loud and proud every season until playoffs, <laughs> right? Right. Exactly. Until the games matter, and then I'm no longer loud. Fair, fair yeah. enough. Uh, tell me, are you a Dak guy or no? I am, and and you know, I I will admit that I, I think the fan aspect of sports can get completely out of control. Uh, you know, to me, I want to cheer for, for players that are good people. Mm -hmm. And I think there's no doubt about it that Dak is one of the best people in the NFL, right? I believe he's the reigning NFL man of the year. Mm -hmm. Uh, we've all heard his story of his mom passing from cancer when he was younger, his brother committing suicide, uh, you know, a couple years ago. And by all accounts, he's just a good person. I, I think he gets a real bad rap being the quarterback of the most hated team in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of pressure there and he gets a lot of scrutiny uh, and criticism, but, but I am a Dak fan. Uh, and, and I don't think it's, it's him that's, uh, that's causing Dallas to lose. These important, exactly. Well, the defense was the no, most embarrassing no. thing I've ever seen uh, in that green Bay game. So uh, I'm a big Dak guy. I, I like him quite a bit. Me too. That's awesome. Yeah, listen, I, I don't think the Cowboys' problem necessarily lies within the quarterback. I think it goes deeper than that, starting with Skeletor running everything. The old I, man in the box. I don't yeah. see how anything changes until until Jerry Jones makes that change. So, all right, look at that timing. Right on right on the nose. It's yeah. 4 o'clock. So tell us, what are we drinking today? Well, first, let's give a little love to Longhorn Laundry. Yeah, yeah. All right, so 
um, Longhorn Laundry. I know you just mentioned, but we have to mention our our, our show, our special show of our sponsor. Yeah. So LonghornLaundry.com, use code FTC to get 20, is it $20 or 20%? $20. $20. Yeah. $20 off your first order. Fantastic laundry service. He is now a huge sponsor of Longhorn Athletics and players and their mm -hmm. families are using his service. He will pick up and deliver your laundry. So we'll, we'll talk more about it in a bit, but LonghornLaundry.com, have to give love. So this morning, BK and Bucky were talking about this product, and I went and bought it. Okay. It's called Big Advertising Hat. Works. Advertising Works. <laughs> it's one of the sponsors of Texas Sports Unfiltered. It's called Big Hat. And I have, we, we picked up a couple of flavors at Specs. Mm -hmm. I have jalapeno ranch water. I'm not the biggest fan of ranch water, but I'm going to try, try it. it. Apparently, the tequila is in it. Um, this oh, this is, is like high octane stuff. Limited edition commemorative can, big hat, jalapeno ranch water. Uh, we'll see. And, and prickly pear paloma. So. I'm more excited about that one. Prickly pear paloma. <laughs> I like it. Mark, what, what are you sipping on for, for happy hour? Well, you called it earlier. Uh, Michelob Ultra. I'm keeping it simple today. So. Keeping it real, got, friend. Got a cold one with me with my uh, left field koozie, so I'm ready for happy hour. I love it. I love it. Well, it's pretty simple. We don't get too fancy. We uh, typically raise a glass and uh, get it ready. So here is to a I'm great try that yeah, try, to a great football season and to a great baseball season coming up. Again, Texas baseball about to be here. Check them out in left field. Welcome. All right, we're going to give our honest opinion. Hmm. That's interesting. I like it. It's like a lightly flavored tequila. Um, it doesn't taste Paloma. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't get Paloma out of it, but I mean, I, I, I could sip on this. The, the problem with these, this would be problematic out in left field. This, this tastes really good. This doesn't taste, it just doesn't taste like Paloma. Yeah, it's tequila and natural flavor. It is prickly pear, which I like. I feel like these are one of the things that I'd be drinking out in left field and I'd, you know, get up to go to the Five, bathroom and be like, oh God, oh God. Yeah, this, that'll <laughs> knock you out. Yeah. It, it tastes really light and refreshing. Yeah, it's, good. it's not super sweet like some of the seltzers. Right. I like it. Yeah, I dig it. All right. Well, that's fun. So again, Mark, we're pretty laid back here. Feel free to keep drinking as we go. But, uh, I will. <laughs> but yeah, let's, let's talk playoffs a little bit. Okay, so you are a Cowboys guy, um, but they're out right now. So who's your team? Who are you rooting for now uh, with the, of the remaining teams? First of all, I love the Lions there. I think Thank that's you. a good look. Thank I you. like it. Uh, I'm just personally glad we, we have some semi-fresh blood in the, the, the championship games, right? Seeing a team like Detroit in there is, is cool. Uh, you know, the, the Ravens, I think it's been a couple years since they've uh, been in the AFC championship game as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, I think that's good as well. I like watching Lamar Jackson play. In the end, you know, once my team is out of it, I'm really looking for two things. One, I want to see exciting football. I don't want to blow out uh, just exciting football. And another thing is I, I, I gamble a little bit. I'm not very dabble. good at it. You dabble a bit? <laughs> I dabble a little bit. So uh, I, I like to to cheer for the teams that I have a little bit of money on That's legally, great. of course. Uh, but, but again, I'm just looking for good games. Uh, I am not a big fan of the chiefs. I'm just kind of tired of seeing them. It seems like every year they're kind of like Georgia Bama on the college level where they're always there at the end. Uh, but, but I'm looking more forward to the lions 49ers. I think that's going to be a fantastic game. Uh, the 49ers are obviously like a touchdown favorite, but, I, yeah. I really think Campbell's going to go into that game knowing that they have nothing to lose and that people aren't expecting them to win. 
I'd be surprised if they punted the ball more than once in that game. Like, yeah. I just feel like they're going to go for it yeah. every time. Campbell is and, a go for it kind of guy. That is absolutely for sure. I let me tell you, there's one thing that, and, you know, watching. I like analytics. I like seeing the numbers. I think that's interesting. You love watching the probability, the win probability, things like that. But I will say it's I'm starting to get I shouldn't say starting. I'm already completely taxed and tired of hearing analytics says you should go for it here. Analytic. Well, look, circumstances for things like that. Don't just rely on the numbers. You rely on your personnel that's in. You rely on, you know, where you're at, atmosphere, momentum. It just analytics doesn't take that into account, in my opinion. I'm so tired of hearing that. Are you an analytics guy? Do you like that? Or are you more like play by the gut guy? Absolutely not. I'm not an analytics guy. <laughs> and I hate those graphics that they put up on the screen now where it's like fourth and six. Analytics says go for it. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, right. uh, I don't really believe in that. And to be honest, there was a play, I think it was on Sunday, I think in the Tampa Bay game where they were down two touchdowns, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Uh, and, and they went for two uh, down eight points. And I, I just didn't really understand the need to do that. Uh, but, but again, you know, I, I also know that the majority of these big franchises now have their analytics guys and, they have to be served in some purpose, right? And if they're right. running millions of data points and saying, hey, percentages say to do this, I, I guess there's a place for it, but I I don't always agree with it. Yeah, look, I, I it has a place. I think it can play into it. Moneyball, right? You talk about the, the A's. That forever changed that franchise. They ended up getting some guys that nobody would look at the scouting reports weren't great on them but you look at the analytics you look at the numbers and you figure out the right way i like that i get it i think that kind of insight makes sense but when you're making these in-game decisions on you know where the ball's at should you go for it i just feel like experience makes more sense looking at the actual reality of the game that you're in versus well this number says that i should go for it like i it just drives me nuts seeing that graphic every time i'm like we get it Nobody cares. We're not watching this because the analytics guys are the ones making the decisions. So I, I will say this though. I, I love aggressive coaches, especially in football. And I just always feel like those type of teams are always so tough to play against. Uh, I remember years back when Leach was at Texas tech, I used to hate playing tech because they would never punt the damn ball. And, and it's like, you you felt like every series they had four plays no matter where they were on the field. And, you know, you stop them on third down and you're like, oh, crap, here they go again. They're going to go for it. And I just feel like that puts pressure on the other team. And then obviously it, it gives the underdog team more of a chance, I think. You know, it's going to go one of two ways. It's either going to give them a better chance or it's going to get them blown out. But there, it's going to be spectacular no or absolutely miserable, yeah. one or the other for sure. No, I don't. Wasn't there? There was a coach in a, in high school, I think Texas high school, actually, who never punted the ball. Like his poor kicker would never, ever get a scholarship because they never punted the ball. And he was just like, look, I don't believe in punting. I don't think it's it, it's giving up. So we're, we're going to go for it on every no matter where they were on the field, they would go for it. I'm like, all right, that might be a little aggressive. I don't know that I agree with that kind of play calling, but. Um, Growing up playing too much PlayStation or something like that. That was uh, that was that was my coaching philosophy back in the day. 
right? Just go for it every <laughs> time. No, I love it. Well, yeah, previewing what's coming up, um, you know, since we're talking Lions and Niners, um, definitely th- it was a closer game uh, against Green Bay with, with the Niners than I think a lot of people anticipated. And I think they exposed some questions with the Niners, you know, going into it. It definitely looks like the Niners were on a roll, especially at home, could do no wrong. And now all of a sudden there's maybe that soft underbelly has been exposed a little bit. Um, again, it looks like McCaffrey is is still hurt, um, going to be limping a bit. Um, and some questions about Brock Purdy. You know, we we faced him a lot when he was at Iowa State and he got the best of Texas a couple times. Um, you you familiar with with Purdy and you have a, a feel for him at, at San Francisco? That you want to talk I, about at all? I think he's a fantastic quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I will say this. I think the skill position players that he has around him, mm-hmm. when they're healthy, they are ridiculous. You know, I think McCaffrey is probably the best player in the game. Uh, and, and he's just incredible. I think the guy that that's probably still underrated a little bit is Debo Samuel. Yeah, uh, I have a lot of experience as a Cowboys fan watching him absolutely dominate us. And that guy's incredible. I, I think last I saw, he's like 50-50 shot of playing on Sunday. So if he's not able to play, I think that that really changes the San Francisco offense quite a bit. And then I think that third big name there is Kittle at tight end. He's fantastic right. as well. Uh, one of the best tight ends in the game. And he's really kind of feast or famine. I feel like you either – don't notice him or he's going to catch 13 passes for three touchdowns, dominate the game. So I I do feel like the Lions have a really good shot. I I just feel like in in games like this, not having the pressure on you really allows you to play loose. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and no disrespect to Detroit, nobody expects them to win that game. Listen, man, that's not not disrespectful. It it, it is – not that long ago that Detroit was 0-16, right? Yeah. Like it, It's not exactly yeah. – Lions haven't exactly been a powerhouse over the past. So, and, and they could lose by 20, and, and people are still going to talk about how great of a season it was, and rightfully so. So to me, that, that makes Detroit dangerous. And, and I think that they're going to do a lot of things that you've seen recently out of Campbell, faking punts, going forward a lot, uh, just being ultra-aggressive. And, and I think if they can – get some pressure on Purdy, uh, you know, if he has a limited set of weapons, uh, I think Detroit has a very good chance to keep that game close, and and I'll be rooting for that. I'm, I'm hoping for an upset there, and we'll we'll see what happens, though. How are you feeling about the game? Listen, I am the absolute worst at picking games. I am not the person to ask about that, but if I'm going to say how I feel – I feel like this season is magical for for Detroit. It's just been watching it come together. And I hate to be this guy to make these parallels, but there's a lot of similarities in what Dan Campbell has come in and done with the Lions as to what Sarkeesian has done with Texas, right? He, he took a team that had talent. Um, obviously, it's an NFL team. There's still incredible talent there. But he really had to kind of clean house and make it his own and instill his own culture, instill his own plays. And that was painful at times, right? Again, yep. that first year, Detroit won, what, three games? Um, and then made it 8-8 eight and eight next year, barely missing the playoffs. And now this year, they've got a pretty deep run. Again, I don't know that anybody anticipated Detroit being this far into it um, quite yet. But there's a lot of positive things coming out of this. So um, how do I feel? I think Detroit, if if 
And to me, this is a big if, if Detroit's defense can stiffen up a little bit. I'm really worried about the secondary. Detroit's been, in my opinion, suspect in the secondary. There have been quite a few times where they're leaving these massive cushions. Our guys are just getting burned, right? They're, the secondary is just getting burned, and, and that leaves the potential open for a lot of big plays to happen. If Detroit can clean that up and protect that area, yeah, I think the Lions have a chance to take out the Niners in their own house. Now, Purdy's been getting a lot of hate, you know, the the – Looking at where he's at, he's not throwing the long ball. He's definitely a guy that's known for dink and dunk, right? Checks down a lot. You were saying you're in it for exciting football. I don't know that Brock Purdy is the guy to, to bring to you just thrilling, exciting football. But the question is, does it matter if it if it's winning and if it's working for him? So, um, look, I, I think it's important that Detroit's secondary stays solid and doesn't give up too much uh, in the middle where they have been prone all season. Um, yep. A lot of questions on, on defense and and a lot of questions with Purdy. So I really think that's going to be the chess game. I'm going to say Detroit comes out victorious. But again, I don't listen to me, man. I am the worst person to pick these games. Um, like you were saying, if Detroit gets blown out, it's still a fantastic season. A lot to be hopeful for there. A lot to grow yep. on. So that'll be exciting for sure. Um, now you mentioned Mahomes and, and Kansas city, a little tired of seeing him, uh, a little tired of hearing about him. Interesting fact though, Mahomes had never won on the road in a playoff game yeah. previous to, to last weekend. And that's just because they hadn't played on the road previous to last weekend. So they go in, yeah. beat the bills mafia. Bills mafia is the saddest, saddest group around. Right. Um, but Mahomes, as he often does, hot, hot when he needs to be, heating up at the right time. So I think the interesting thing, the interesting matchup here is going to be Mahomes and Lamar. You know, how is that? I mean, Lamar Jackson is probably the most exciting player in football right now. Welcome MVP. back. Rocky. Yeah. Welcome back, Rocky. Uh, any thoughts on that with with the Mahomes and Lamar Jackson matchup? You think I saw the spread is three and a half, which mm -hmm. gives Baltimore pretty much home field like they're calling them even the experience of Mahomes and the Chiefs on mm -hmm. um, in the playoffs. Uh, but the Ravens at home and whew, that's going to be that's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be again, whoever has the ball last or the Ravens win by twenty five. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. In the playoffs, who knows? Who I know. knows? Like we, I thought. Like I don't know if you already talked no, about you're, that. You're, the Houston Texans. I thought that they would be competitive, and it was ten ten at the half until it was not. Until it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. So even if even if the game is close, you know the Ravens could pull away, the Chiefs could pull away. There's just no telling. I would go with the more experienced team on the road to. Oh, I don't know. I, I can't pick over the Ravens to lose at home. I, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, definitely. Look, I think that's going to be, again, a battle of the quarterbacks there. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think, again, weather plays into it, although both teams are used to playing in pretty shitty weather. Yeah. So it'll be that home field. That is true. Crowd, the yeah. Crowd, the Ravens fans are loud just, and just proud. like the Bills fans were crazy. Just like these home field, the Lions fans are representing. Yep. These these home field fans are going all out, and that's fun to see because they're sitting in the freaking snow. Yeah, well, Detroit <laughs> not so much. But no, not in this. Not did y'all catch? Did, oh, I, yeah, I, not I, that stadium. This is definitely very vital to the game. But did you catch the MLK lookalike, MLK Junior lookalike? I did see that. That was incredible. <laughs> I was dying. Looking at that, he looks. I mean, spot so much so that uh, MLK Junior's daughter. 
quote and it was like yeah. oh my gosh like she was like looks just like him oh wow <laughs> just and like somebody in the crowd yeah just a oh, ravens fan in the crowd with his hat on and somebody that. was like i have a team <laughs> like, yeah and, and there was like some super drunk guy without a shirt behind him like with a crazy expression so it was a, a funny was, picture for sure it was pure art yeah, yeah. pretty pretty yeah. impressive but do y'all want to make picks against yeah the spread? we've 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 let's pick against the spread we've right. been chatting a little bit we've Good. had our thoughts we've we've thrown some ideas in so we'll let you run with it all right so kansas city at baltimore it's 2 p.m on cbs why did i write cbc am i in britain or something CBS. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, uh, baltimore like i said three and a half of course they put that hook three and a half point favorites um what do you say mark mr mr dabbles and gambling. against the spread <laughs> <laughs> that line is like hook. ridiculously tight and and it's exactly what I thought it was going to be. I really think this is going to be a two to four point game. Like you said, whoever has the ball last is going to win. Uh, I think Baltimore is going to win and I'm going to say that they barely cover. I'm going to say Ravens by four. Okay, cool. <laughs> like yep. a 28-24 kind of game. Something like yeah, yeah. I, I think it will be high scoring. I do think both teams are gonna gonna score, but yeah, I do think twenty eight twenty four along those lines is is probably gonna be uh, you know what I think we'll see. All right, I right. I'm gonna have to pick this one, huh? Yes. All right. Look, I I agree wholeheartedly. I think that Baltimore is a hard place to play, and that Lamar Jackson is absolutely nuts but i'm gonna take kansas city because number one i'm terrible at picking so do not ever make a gamble no don't, put, don't don't place put bets american on what I dollars say. on not any real american dollar make, or your pride don't do don't anything do that'll any pesos any rent <laughs> any yen but don't put any money i just like i get it i mean baltimore it, it has that home field advantage but this is so close i'm still gonna take uh patrick mahomes to shine i mean again I've, I've said this the past few weeks he just turns it on at the right time he knows how to find his guys and it is hard to bet against him so on the road i think patrick mahomes gets his second ever road playoff win i'm gonna take kansas city to win outright so huh, gonna be a little crazy rocky what's your um, i'm going different than both of you i have baltimore to win and cover okay um i think they're gonna pull away at the end i have them at least a touchdown win. Okay. So, I mean, I'd like I like Patrick Mahomes, my homie to win. My homies, yeah. Um, but I also really respect um, Lamar Jackson and what the, the the complete team. I was really impressed with Baltimore's defense last yeah. week, and I think I think they're going to be too much for Kansas City. All right. All right. So we, we talk- I do want to I do want to clarify a point of my my chief comment earlier though. I do still owe them for beating the Eagles in the Super Bowl last year because <laughs> as a Cowboys fan. I, I would have died having to see the Eagles win another Super Bowl. So I, I have to thank my, uh, Patrick for that and for winning the Super Bowl last year. So. That's fair. What do you think about Tampa Bay, the way they put it on the Eagles? And then, fortunately, they got taken care of as well. You're welcome. Watching the Eagles melt down this year was one of the most fun six weeks of my life, just watching them get progressively worse every week. Uh I think their coach is one of the most obnoxious people in the world. I mean, uh, fits, fits with Philly, right? That's total fit for Philly, which it shocks me that the fans don't like him. Uh, but Sirianni, I guess that right? goes to sh- Sirianni, yeah, and I guess that goes to show you how short of a, you know, of a leash they have with coaches there. But you know, he's a perfect fit for Philly. He's he just seems like a total bro that would go into a bar and get in bar fights with people and. 
just seems like a scumbag. I'm sure he's probably not, but that's not, how he comes yeah, across. Right. Not not a bias take at all. Yeah. No. <laughs> but but, wa- but watching the Eagles fans throw popcorn at him as he walked off the field in Tampa Bay was insane to me. Yeah. I was like, that is crazy. But again, I, I feel like that team and that coach maybe deserve each other. So that's fair. That's fair. All right. So uh, I thought Spain of throwing things. I thought it was pretty <laughs> shitty the way the Bills fans were throwing snowballs oh. at Patrick Mahomes. That was shitty. I mean, I know they love to throw their snowballs at each other, but, and even one of the, which is the stadium that said no projectiles or whatever, don't throw the um, snowballs, like even snowballs. Anyway, one of the stadiums had announced that this weekend, but you can hurt somebody throwing a hard ass ice ball at their head. And they were throwing, pelting them on him. That was pretty shitty. Bills fans, (laughs) take that out. I do like the snow celebration though. That was fun on TV. On TV it was fun. And they're cleaning their seats, right? (laughs) Yeah. In retrospect, it kind of sucks to have to go in and shovel snow in your own stadium and then lose to Patrick Mahomes. I think I'd probably be pretty mad about that, too. Those fans are animals. I can't imagine sitting in weather like that and watching football. I, I tried it once. So just a quick story. A few years back, the Cowboys were playing the Bears on Monday Night Football. Uh, back when Tony Romo was the quarterback, it was one of his last years. And they were like retiring Ditka's number at halftime. We went as like a guy's trip and there was nine of us. And Megan, you'll remember the Saturday before that was that like two days before the game, the football game we went to was that terrible weather game in Waco yes. to end the Texas series where it was like sleeting yeah. the entire game. It was miserable weather. And then we land, Lloyd Casey. Yeah, yep. we land in Chicago on Sunday afternoon and it was like six degrees snowing sideways at game time on Monday night, the wind chill was like negative 20. And you always hear those stories. I'd never been to a game in that cold weather, but I bought a Miller light like 20 minutes before kickoff. By the national anthem, my beer was frozen. And uh, me and my buddy, like halfway through the first quarter, the Bears had scored on their first two drives. They were at 14-0. I looked at my buddy, and I was like, let's get the hell out of here. And we (laughs) just took off and left, watched (laughs) the rest of the game at a bar. I was like, this is miserable. I was wearing like three coats, and I, I still felt like I was freezing to death. It was insane. I don't see how people do that on a consistent basis. It definitely takes some dedication. That is for sure. I uh, on my bucket list, like I want to watch a snow game at Lambeau. Like I have to do that before I die. That's so. Uh, yeah, I, but it is not a different. <laughs> yeah, you're like oh, Rocky's a tropical people. She's not. Rocky's like I'll be at the beach. I'm good. Yeah, I'll catch it on TV. Mis- like that would be living nightmare for me. Stuck with all these, and I'm all about being at live sports with fun people having a good time and enjoying themselves, but. Not enough. No. And Not then enough. if you throw a snowball at me, we're going to fight. Yeah, you would lose your money. No. Yeah. You would go to no, jail if a snowball was thrown at you. Oh, yeah. That's no, th- for sure. No. Not going to have it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's put our picks in for Lions and Niners. I I have already picked the Lions. I, I Again, okay. I'm going with my heart, not my brain on this one. So don't listen to me. Mark is excited for the Lions, but he refused. He, he hasn't quite made the pick. So same What's with your pick? chest. Put it out. What's the pick? What you got? I, again, I am going to be cheering for a close game in that one. I don't think the Lions have enough to to beat San Francisco. Uh, I I feel like San Francisco is just going to be the more physical team. And and I I expect it to be a lot like that Packers game uh, last week, where I do feel like it's going to be close. Uh, It's going to come down to the fourth quarter. 
but I will say this. I think getting seven points on the Detroit side uh, is quite a bit. I'm going to be looking at that line. If it moves any more uh, towards San Francisco, and if I can get the Lions at seven and a half, I'm going to bet on them. Uh, but, but I think, again, I think the, the, the score is going to be in that seven to ten range of a, of a 49ers victory. Uh, but, but I do think the Lions are going to put up a fight and, and put up a respectable, show, uh, respectable showing. Ooh, I think y'all are on mute still. Sorry, the dogs were making noise. <laughs> um, I watched the 49ers play last week, and they're an inconsistent mess. Brock Purdy was not good until he was good enough. It was an ugly game. Even though they're at home, I I think the Lions are – I've been rooting for them all year. I think they have something a little more special going on right now than what the 49ers have going on. So, yes, the 49ers are a great team. They're going to lose at home this weekend. Ooh, I'm going to pick Detroit to win outright. Ooh. I think I like that they're – I just like the leadership. I like the cohesiveness. I like the – I like the energy. I, I think I like what they have going on. So right. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep rolling with the Lions. All right. So you got Lions winning outright. Winning, Lions to win outright. All right. So you think it's gonna be uh, Lions and Baltimore? A and Lions the, Baltimore Super Bowl. The world will not be able to handle the absolute fashion show that would happen if that the came purple, to pass. The purple and blue. No, I'm just talking Detroit and Baltimore. Straight up, the fur coats that would come out for that game would be nuts. Yeah, except the game's in Vegas. It doesn't matter. Y'all don't understand. It does not matter. That that will be a show going on. All right, Mark. Yeah. So you've got – you think it's going to be uh, Niners in Baltimore, and I'm going to take – uh, Lions in KC. So, oh, we all have three different. We got different picks, so we'll we'll come back. We'll we'll hold you to it, uh, as as they say. Uh, we'll we'll pull pull it up on Twitter and definitely hold you to the fire. I like it. Tomorrow, I so. like it. I love it. Well, man, thank you again. We appreciate you spent an hour with us, dude. That's incredible. We really appreciate you being here, y'all. Again, if you're not following Occupy Left Field, listen, get out from under the rock. Go ahead and follow him again on Twitter. He is Occupy. LF that is Occupy Left Field, Mark Pena. Man, can't wait for, for baseball season. It's just in about three weeks. We'll see you soon. Yeah, I appreciate y'all having me on, and uh, best of luck with your show moving forward. And again, uh, for those fans considering coming out to baseball, please get out there, support the team, come introduce yourself in left field, and uh, we'll see everybody soon. Sounds great. That was awesome. Thanks, Mark. Thank appreciate you. Cook them. Bye. All, All right. right. All right. So that, again, that was Occupy Left Field joining us talking about uh, Texas baseball coming up. Got got some playoff picks. I like it. I like oh. it when we when we get guest picks. Want some in. breaking news? Some yeah. Occupy Left Field breaking news. Yeah. Um, Brad Keltner, BK just said they're going to uh, Tech Sports and Filter is going to do some pregame stuff with Left Field this year. Pretty cool. That'll be a lot of fun out there. That'll so. be fun. It's a party in Left Field, man. I'm telling you, it is a good time. That'll be fun. All right. It, yeah. Nice. So again, come out, check them out, have a good time. There may or may not be some fireball shots involved. There was definitely some booze involved, but it is always a blast out in left field. So, uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit. Um, we've got a little bit of updates on uh, looking preseason football. We talk preseason baseball that's about to come up. Texas's last season in the Big 12 for baseball. And then we kick off football. So we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it a little bit. Right. Texas going to the SEC. Texas next going year. to the SEC. Um, there is a way too early. Again, we are way too early. Keep talking these way too early preseason polls. Uh, USA Today saying that they think Texas is going to finish 11 and one. 
How you yes. feel about that? With the only loss being to 12 and 0 Georgia. Mm-hmm. So they're saying Texas is going to go to Michigan and win. Mm-hmm. They're going to win at and at the Cotton Bowl against OU is what USA Today is predicting. They're going to run through <laughs> a pretty good schedule at Vander at Vanderbilt. So tough. Uh, <laughs> lots. I mean, they're for it's, sure it's the a, SEC. It's a favorable and, SEC. Schedule. And they're only t- they were predicting that it's the Georgia and their roster. And you know right. they've only lost one game in three years. We all know that. But they're predicting that Georgia is going to come into town and go through Texas like they go through everyone next year. Um, if I I would say if Texas has a, to me, in my opinion, mm-hmm. at, Texas has a better chance of beating Georgia at home than Michigan on the road. To mm. me, mm. I see, th- I would argue that I, I think Texas is going to go field in. advantage is going to be huge for Texas. Uh, yeah, that'll make a big difference. Now, I'm not saying that Texas isn't capable of beating Georgia. Again, had you asked me. I'm saying if I had to pick which one, what I had, if I had to bet they're going to win one or the other, I would take home field over na- defending national champions on the road. See, and I appreciate that. Like home field advantage does make a big difference. But with all of the changes that are happening with Michigan, with Harbaugh in question, he may not be there. They know they don't have their quarterback. They're going to have an untalented guy, untalented, excuse me, unexperienced guy behind uh, center starting next year losing so many key pieces of, of their football team, their national championship football team. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I feel confident uh, with Texas going in, especially with Texas reloading like they did. Again, Sark is killing it in the portal. You were talking about earlier in the show about the uh, recruiting that Texas has done and the strength both in the portal and in the recruits. Texas is ranking really, really high up there. Number one with portal transfers and what number three overall recruiting from high school or three or four. So, four. And, and we're not done yet. So uh, look, I get it. I, I, I agree that home field advantage has a big impact and a big effect, but I think there's just so many contributing factors. I think Texas rolls into Ann Arbor and, and wins pretty handily. Um, I think the Georgia game is definitely going to be more of a, a battle um, again, they're another team that reloads. They're not rebuilding. They're reloading. Well, not not a lot of questions for Georgia. So whew, it'll yeah, be a real we're test. We're going to really have to establish that run game on the road. Um, the, the reason I worry about Michigan, well, the reason I would worry more about Michigan, I, I wouldn't call it a win automatically. Sure. It's because the D-line is – you know, right this There's year we were the top of the nation stopping, you know, one of the top and stopping the run and that, but we were beat downfield more mm-hmm. this next year, the DBs could be the strength with the, you know, experience, the freshmen who are now going to be sophomores, plus the transfers we have coming in, the linebackers and DBs could be the, the highlight of the defense and the run game could be developing or taking some time to build. And you can't go into a place like Michigan without a, if you, we were going in next year again with Sweat and Murphy, I wouldn't You'd worry. Be fine. But yeah. and we do have some great, you know, great ones. Broughton, you know, we have some other ones coming up that are talented and being developed in this system. But right now, we don't even have a D line coach yet, still. So though there's still, I think there's question marks. I'm not saying that they're going to be bad at all. I'm not saying that at all. They're they're going, you know, they've been in the same system together for three years now. But I'm just saying, it, to me, there's a little more question mark about going into Michigan and having to stop the run on the road. Mm-hmm. That to me is like, ooh, that's question mark. Um, so Michigan is going to have a new quarterback. 
right? Mm -hmm. And a new the running backs coming back, but they're going to have maybe no coach or a new coach, right? Or they're going to hire the is it is his name Moore? Macy? What's the guy's name that they said they could just hire from in house and keep it rolling? I get it, but it's still not Jim Harbaugh. Like he was such a big piece of that. And no. the other part of that question too is what kind of sanctions are we going to see coming down? None. There's still a lot of time. None. Uh, we'll see. I no don't know. Sanctions. I I just think to me looking at Texas's schedule again we. Talk about the SEC. Yes, I think we're stepping up the competition with football overall in general. But Texas has a pretty favorable schedule, all things considered. Very favorable. Right? So, again, we get Georgia at home. Uh, some of the, the road games, again, again, we're playing Vandy. We're playing Arkansas. Arkansas, while a rival, I will call Arkansas a rival. I know. Uh, I will. From the Southwest Conference days, and there's a lot of hatred between those. They hate us. That They're not my rival. Ah, I to hate me, them too. They, they hate Worst me. Fans ever. They hate me. I don't care about them. I, so uh, they're not my rival. I get it. But um, that's that's going to be a big game there. But Arkansas was so inconsistent. You know, they we, they looked like they were doing good, and then they nosedive. So I think the way that this SEC schedule lines up for Texas is really in Texas's favor. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it'll be again. We're talking this way too early. We still got plenty. Plenty of time before kickoff. Of course, we'll be at the spring game. Be excited about that. April 20th. April 20th. No time set yet, but Mark did mention um, that it's the same game as a home, mm -hmm. same day as a home TCU series. series. Mm -hmm. So maybe spring game at, you know, one or two in the afternoon, night game TCU or the other way around. But they definitely need time between the two sure. so people can get to. Can enjoy both. Can enjoy both. And there's you're just not going to park you know, thousands of people that day with, if they're at the same time, you want people to be able to be, to be able to do both. Right. Right. Sure. Well, again, so that'll be fun watching Texas go there. Um, and again, so in Stark, we trust, right. Is that you feeling good about where we're at for football? Yes. I'm, I'm feeling yes with an asterisk. I know I'm feeling really <laughs> good about the football program, the recruiting, the, the roster. There are very few teams in the country that would trade their roster, trade um, their, would not trade Texas roster for their roster. Mm -hmm. They would take Texas over their own. Very few would not. Mm -hmm. Georgia. Right. Who else? Yeah, Ohio Texas State. Texas maybe. is looking to be good. Yeah, I, there's very few. So I'm confident in the roster. I'm confident in the coaching staff. They've been in the same system for a while. We have the same DC and OC and O-line coach. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um even Tashar Choice has been there two years now, and even but that's just flowing and going really well. Um, yeah, the recruiting, the recruits are loving it. Even with no D line coach, we got a D line player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's something you know you you touched on. We really need to pay attention to again. He, Bo Davis is irreplaceable in who he is and the passion that he brings. That's a big hole um, that that Sark has to fill on the on the staff. That being said, it's not an it's not. Bo Davis, for who Bo Davis is, is not replaceable, right? Mm -hmm. He will always have a special place for Texas football. However, it's not an insurmountable task to replace him with somebody equally as good that that I think uh, players will flock to and he'll help develop the program. Everything that I've seen, that we've seen so far from Sark, is that he knows what he's doing. He knows how to analyze talent, mm -hmm. both on the field and for his coaching staff. So I, I'm confident that we'll have that hire soon. I think we're going to start to see that come out. We'll have some answers pretty quick after Super Bowl stuff. A little stuff bit more NFL. Hands out. Maybe after some more NFL games. Right. Um, settle down. Right. Yeah. Now, there was some news recently. We had thought that Texas, it was looking like Texas might hire the Houston Texans uh, coach. Rod Wright. Rod Wright, who was a former Texas player. But it looks like that kind of fell apart in the ninth hour. So they're saying the D-line coach at the Houston Texans has 
is gone now. I don't know if he was fired or let go or he left on his own. I just know he's gone now. So there's a possibility that maybe Rod Wright was offered something in that position to stay with them. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see what's happening with that. I've heard different stories. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. There's also been some reporting that there was a sticking point in the contract that Texas and Rod Wright just could not come to terms on. So right. we'll see what that, how that plays out. Definitely something to keep an eye on. Cause again, filling that hole with Bo Davis is a big deal. So all right. all right. So before we move on, we're, we're going to talk some top sports stories. It's just all over the place, fun sports stories. But before we move on, let's give a quick shout out to AV Consultations, big sponsor of Texas Sports Unfiltered. Um, so AV Consultations, all year long, we, the Super Bowl is coming. Maybe you want to get a big setup for the Super Bowl. Baseball is coming. March Madness will be here soon. Oh, my goodness, already March Madness. So get the big setup. You can set up your man cave. You can set up your she shed. You can set up the outdoor patio. Whatever you need, call 512-255-8678, avconsultations.com, and let them know that they help all of it around the Central Texas area. They can get your audiovisual set up even home security. So give them a call. They can do it all in one spot. Pretty amazing. Get you a big setup for the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Super it's Bowl only a few up. weeks away. The I Super know. Bowl. That's crazy to me. We okay. have, we have by. It, conference champion division, conference championships this weekend, and then the off week, and then uh, Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So two and a half weeks away from it's the Super here. Bowl. So call them now. Get the setup. Get the setup. Get it, get it ready. I love it. All right. So let's talk some of the crazy sports stories going on in this last half hour that we got. Yeah, we have a few. What's what's your favorite one coming on? Um, Let's talk about Ugga. No. (laughs) I'm just going to bring it down then. Okay. All right. Let's talk about, so the Georgia, um, everybody knows the Georgia Bulldog. His name is Ugga because Mm -hmm. UGA, Mm -hmm. University of Georgia. And he he died. (laughs) Q. This was 10. This was Ugga 10, also Uh known as Q. Uh, English bulldog, right? Definitely, him's a good boy. Him's a chunky boy. Um, but yeah, we saw some uh, responses from Pia uh, after, which uh, you know, same thing happened when uh, Texas and Georgia actually met in the Sugar Bowl. I'm and pulling up the, the, the Bevo Uga incident. Of course, Pia had to chime in. Um, but yeah, there was a commentary. Go ahead, bring it up. Yeah. So, uh, Pia, everyone knows the. The, the people for the ethical treatment of animals. They said they put rest in peace, Ugga. He struggled to breathe every day of his entire life. The University of, of Georgia promotes, this is from them, promotes chronically suffering, breathing impaired breeds, and the cruel dog breeding industry by using the English bulldog as its symbol. The school has subjected <sighs> 11 dogs to the stress and danger of being used as its mascot. It must stop. Uh, Dooming dogs to live like this. Okay, I have lots of opinions about this because I've had five English bulldogs. Um, I, I just my last one, she just it's been like a year and a half. We had to put her down because she had some of issues, issues yeah. like this. And I do understand English bulldogs are a tough breed. They do have lots of medical issues. They it is hard to breed. You can't take them on a plane. They can't be in the heat. They need to be cushioned in the air but condition. To put that all on a university. I know, but it's not the university that's doing this. <laughs> yeah. English bulldogs are prized dogs for generations, well, world famous dogs. They are highly bred most of the time. They're they're not easy to get and easy to breed. Often they have to be birthed during C section because their heads are so big. Mm-hmm. They are they're they're 
good, loyal. They're good with kids. They're just comfy, cozy, fun little dogs. I've loved all yeah. my bulldogs. Yes, they're freaking expensive <laughs> to have. You have like, you know, yep. mine had a lot of medications yep. and issues and allergies and well, and it eventually it was a little too much for her. But for them to say this instead of just saying rest in peace Uga, they won't do that they they had to make it like yeah i I will say PETA has some points in the breeding industry as a whole english bulldogs as a breed have definitely gone through it and Mm -hmm. they are far away from where they could be or what they started as as a breed i get that but i don't think this is the time to make that point i don't think this is the time or to put the blame squarely on georgia man that's just ridiculous like georgia's not saying go out and buy a bulldog that that's stupid they, well they're not saying it in those words but they are saying it in like this dog like holding this dog up as the the breed that represents them yeah but what their how many bulldog was, mascots are there there's just too many I, man there's, there's a lot of bulldog there's right. like 100 high schools in texas who are probably the bulldogs it just feels Bowie bulldogs are right here in town right it there's just feels opportunistic and ridiculous to put the blame for what breeders have done to a breed on a university right. especially when and look let's talk about it mascots are spoiled as hell that's what that I was going to say. His best life. I mean, no, there are people who don't live as good as this dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This dog had top food, top shelter, top travel, top, you know, collars and leashes, and top vet care and top everything. Yeah. Top grooming. Nobody was treated as good as this dog. Right. So to say you, it seems you forced this dog to suffer so badly. Yeah. Again, I think a lot of times Peter's message, the message that they try to get across comes just gets completely lost in the way that they try to bring it across. So yeah, yeah, not, not, not U- a great message. From UGA Peter. Barstool's response was shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. It was not the time to do that. Yeah. And you know, again, listen, live mascots are part of, and you know what? We forgot to do this. Today is Bebo's birthday. Speaking of mascots, well, speaking the of number live one mascots. live mascot in the world. Absolutely. It's his birthday. Yeah. Shout out to nine years old. Can you believe he is nine? Aww. Oh, he's beautiful. He's the best. Oh, happy birthday, Bebo. Yeah. So. And there's another birthday today. Yeah. Ivan Melendez. Ivan Melendez. Okay. Baseball day. Texas baseball. Yes. Ivan Melendez, the Hispanic Titanic, shares a birthday with Bebo. Nice. That's fun. So yeah, but look, live mascots are part of what makes college awesome right mm-hmm. and again those animals are treated so well a lot of the dog breeds are treated so well you know you look at uh what is it uh rocky at at tennessee mm-hmm. the blue tick hound and yeah the aggies have the collie that yep, they, they have collie. To, they have to get out of the bed if the dog wants to get in the bed <laughs> yes that dog is treated really well right reveille she yeah, she reveille thank she you. definitely lives her best life so yeah i i don't know i think watching some of these animals and and what they go through ralphie i mean ralphie is spoiled as heck too the down buffalo, in colorado the mm-hmm. buffalo right fun fact ralphie is a female mm. they will not use a bull or a steered buffalo because they're too big oh. so they run with I the mean, smaller females so ralphie is still always a big animal. still a very large animal still could do whatever the heck she wanted but See, ralphie is always a girl yeah fun yeah. fact so yeah i agree listen i'm all for live mascots as long as you're taking care of them treating them right that's amazing i love it so uh, another another story that we ran across. Uh, did you see the new volleyball court? Yes. National back to back national champion uh, Texas Longhorns have a new volleyball por- court. They unveiled it in Gregory Gymnasium. Now, not a whole lot of changes to the court, except for one notable one. The SEC logo. That big old SEC logo right in the middle for Ooh, sure. And they zoomed in on, on it on 
yeah, Texas Volleyball what, uh, tweeted it. What do you think of it? It's it's the SEC logo. Yeah, being on there. I don't no, think it, there's I, a lot of people no like, different. why does it have to be so big? It's really not. It's, the not, wise, it's not that big. I I, so did either. we have a Big 12 logo mm -hmm. there before? Okay, then mm -hmm. who cares? Right. It's the exact same. It's not news, except the, the floor is beautiful. It is pretty. It is I mean, nice. national champions deserve a nice floor to play on. Right, right. So we were talking a little bit earlier about um, A&M and Bill's Mafia. You know, you, you mentioned the snowball incident mm -hmm. with the Bill's Mafia throwing snowballs at Patrick Mahomes' head. There was a recent article that came out li <laughs> listing I have it the most it. miserable um, fan bases in sports. The five most miserable span fan bases. Yes. Yeah. So coming in at number five was the Cleveland Browns, which, wah, wah. yeah, I get it. Like they have had some success, but definitely not. They wore prolonged. bags on their heads for decades. Well, yeah. And yeah. for a long time, the running joke was that's where quarterback careers go to die. Right. Oh, yeah. They, you don't want to get drafted. They by would go through five or six quarterbacks in a season. Right. It's crazy. Uh, it's great. My friend is a diehard Cleveland fan mm. and he calls it the factory of sadness. So yeah. that, that's fair. Coming in at number four, this is one that we thought was interesting. Number four on the list of top five most miserable fan bases. Because four were professional teams and one was a college <laughs> one team. One was not. Number four, coming in at number four is Texas A&M Aggies. <laughs> well, let's, let's listen. Well, I'll read what the article said. It's only a couple lines. Yep. The, there are four professional teams and one college, and it's mm -hmm. the Aggies. The Aggies like to act like they're a national championship program, and they've certainly spent like it, but that has not resulted in any legitimate success on a national scale. Texas A&M gave one of the richest contracts in coaching history to Jimbo Fisher, but that failed miserably, leading to his firing. Perhaps M Mike Elko will change things around. So let's hold that thought. We're going to list off the rest of the teams on mm -hmm. here. Coming in at number three is the New York Mets. Number two is the Minnesota Vikings. And number one right now is the Buffalo Bills <laughs> with the Bills Mafia. Now, look, we've, we've talked about this a little bit. I understand why most of these teams are on here. Mm -hmm. But I would argue Aggies coming in at number four is most miserable with the criteria that they have and why that's too low. I don't think that number four does them justice. You know why I think they're not the most miserable? Because a lot of them still believe they're great and they're not unhappy. You know what I mean? Like they're not sitting here crying and sulking that, oh, they're just so miserable. I don't know. I feel like that. Some may of them still believe that they're greatness no matter what. Listen, I it is compliment. It's national compliment day. I'm going to compliment our rival. Like we said, I will give credit to Texas A&M fans for being a very loyal fan base. Yes. That's, that's the way of saying year after year things go poorly for their teams or go, you know, there's always next year Aggies, right? Oh, always next and year. And every year they show up and they pack Kyle field and they do a good job with that. I will give them credit for that. But as far as most miserable goes, I don't know that, that I could, I don't know. I would just put them higher because they haven't sniffed anything close to a national championship. Now their baseball program has made it to Omaha a couple times. Their, you know, basketball had some, sort of success last year, but didn't make a deep tournament run. You know, AM last national championship, 1939. Like it's it's definitely questionable there. I would think that AM would have to be ranked higher. I'm curious, like what other fan base would you put on unhappiest of fan bases? Oh. <laughs> um in the and and I am part of this fan base, so I would say 
it's a love hate delusional slash miserable slash <laughs> miserable existence delusionally happy yet also miserable <laughs> the cowboys fans okay. like i think okay i think we can be very miserable in that Every, this is just like the Aggies. This is our year. Things are looking great. <laughs> the cycle of we, things. We have the talent. We're winning it all. The money's invested. <laughs> and it doesn't pan out at the end. Yeah. So, I mean. you'd Okay, you'd put the Cowboys in there. That's fair. I don't know. I mean, that off the top of my head, they're feeling pretty miserable right now because everything was in line this year to, I mean, even the Eagles fell apart for you and you couldn't piece it together at home <laughs> against a rookie quarterback. Look, I don't know. I just, I feel like, yeah, Cowboys, I, I think that's, you guys have a valid argument of being in an unhappy fan base because of the expectations that yeah. are set, right? And, you know, I would, I, I kind of question the Bills being on there. I know that's a really passionate fan base. Well, I mean, because they got to the pinnacle so, so many close, times so many. and never could finish. Yeah. And again, that's kind of what they were known for in the 90s yeah. against the Cowboys, right? Some of those epic Super Bowl battles. And now they're and not to come out on top. Much. But I would argue, like, you're still seeing some success. Now, granted, I'm viewing this from the lens of being a Lions fan, right? Where we were a truly miserable team for a truly long time. And now we're having some success. And holy crap, that feels great. To me, I don't know that it's worse to be to have a, a pretty daggum good team every year, year in and year out. I can't say that that would be worse than not having sniffed a championship since 1939. What's better? Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. You know, it, I, I guess it's kind of like that. Or, or not even or never or never getting invited never, to any parties. Never even invited. <laughs> right. Like that's I don't know, man. I I think I don't know. I thought that was pretty funny. That yeah. They, that I, that, I would have ranked them higher. I would have put them on there, but I would have ranked them higher. I mean, as... for being the only non-professional sports program yeah. fan base, that was pretty, that was kind of funny. So there was another story coming out in women's basketball. Um, we saw uh, Caitlin Clark, who is kind of a rock star in women's basketball right now, bringing in a lot of, this was a huge sold out game. Mm -hmm. Tons of people there with an upset, uh, Ohio, Ohio State, State upset Iowa and uh, stormed the court. Stormed the court, and there was a collision with Caitlin Clark. She was trying to run into the locker room. There was some drama. It ran into a fan. Fan ran into her. Fan ran into her. There yeah. was some question on, you know, storming the court. Is it safe? I want your input on that. I want your thoughts on this. Well, you know how I feel about storming anything. Mm -hmm. Act like you've been there before. And if you haven't, it's just a dangerous thing to do. Like we've seen, not just in not just this one basketball incident where she was knocked to her knees and on the ground. She's the not not just because she's the top player in the country right now, but any athlete can be hurt that way, right? So that's that's annoying enough, but when people, when fans do, you know, do something great, wow, good, right, celebrate. But the opposing team, we've seen them get punched, pushed, right. knocked down, tripped over, shouted at, insult, you know, like all the ugly things that they can go. It is a and safety there, issue. And there is no consequence. Yeah. Well, there's the, fines. No, fine. I'm, the saying, school gets fine. I'm saying for these goofballs who come down and push and shove, they would never in a million years go push and shove on a big old six foot five, 280 pound football player. They would never do that in a million years. Kind of. But, I mean, it got a little out of control in Lubbock, though. No, that's what I'm saying. Unless they're rushing the field, yeah. then all of a sudden they think they can go push and shove on these big athletes. Because if the athlete does something back to them, then they're the one that, that gets, is, in trouble. Is, gets in trouble sure. or causes a problem. But so they act like fools and it's dangerous. Yeah. So I agree in general, like there, there has to be, especially this is the thing 
each school is supposed to have security in place, right? To help the opposing team get them off the court or off the field in a safe manner. We obviously didn't see that happen, mm -hmm. right? They didn't, their, their protocols, their safety protocols weren't up to snuff. They didn't have their safety personnel in place at the appropriate time, which could have alleviated a lot of this problem. Yeah. If they want to celebrate in the court, remove the opposing team and right. then let people come celebrate. Right. So, and again, when you have a bunch of people flooding an, a small area, that's hard to control. No mm -hmm. question. Now there is some debate coming up. Was it a flop? Did Caitlin flop? Um, it's hard to say, listen, watching it again, it does feel like a bit of a dramatic move of her going and she's okay. She mentioned she's okay. Felt like a bit of a dramatic move. The fan that she ran into was on her, paying attention on her phone, running onto the court. Caitlin ran into her, spins around, hands go flying. She lands on the ground on her knees, right? Mm -hmm. I think that was a little dramatic. Now, who's going to tell her how to fall? Well, that's the argument that can be made, right? Like, there are safe ways to fall. And uh -huh. that may have been just the easiest thing for her to do with the momentum to spin around mm -hmm. as she was going down. Okay. I, I can see that, right? But it, it did feel a little dramatic. But I think the bottom line here is it shouldn't have happened in the first place. There should yes. have been an opportunity for the opposing team to get off the court safely. And and you do wonder how many incidents do we have to have? How much does it have to escalate until something is until there are more strict rules enforced? Yeah. I think that's I mean, even if she did flop or whatever or be dramatic about being pushed down. Are we going to wait till a play until someone's seriously injured before we're like, okay, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, I, I it's think the, she the writings on the wall that this is getting more and more dangerous. Right. And are we going to wait till a big football player or, Tears an ACL or basketball, or something. no, a big basketball player punches another student in right. the face? Right. Are we going to wait till a player is injured because they're being pushed and shoved around? Mm -hmm. Like, what are we going to wait for until we say at minimum, clear opposing people, visiting team away, and I, then let people come celebrate. I, I, and again, I think, I don't think it's an issue of they allowed people on. You can the court. control people from coming down to your court if you wanted to. I don't know. You I, could if you wanted to. You'd have to bulk up security quite a bit. And again, the argument that I would have is put them in place. It, it, a lot of times it seems to me that security is there, but they're not in the right place. You need to be situationally aware of that. Like what's going on on the court? Is it a close game? Get your security there, guards in place. There's enough police to remove people that if they started running onto the court, if they wanted to. Uh, I, I don't agree with that. I think I it's do. a safety in numbers with groups. And once one starts to go, it's like a herd. Yeah, it's it's hard to stop that. We've also been at games where they announce every five minutes, <laughs> there's do that. not rush the court. Do not rush there's the court. That too. If this, we've been to away games where we've seen that because, sure. of course, when you're with Texas and if they beat Texas, they're going to be happy and they're going to get tired and they're going to want to rush the court. So yeah. we've seen it. There's a way of letting people know every five minutes leading up to the end of the game, do not rush the court or else. I, I there's don't, ways of, there's, there, don't just do nothing. My 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 argument here is I right can now appreciate they're just doing nothing. Right now I can appreciate fans base is celebrating and being excited but i do think there needs to be some changes in protocol on how to get the opposing team off the court first yeah. right or allow that to happen so all right well a lot on that flop no flop either way rushing the court could be an issue could be a problem moving forward um yep. one last thing like we want to end a little bit high here texas revenue goodness gracious we got some money y'all well, the school does. Yeah, it came, it came, <laughs> right. It came in. Uh, Texas reporting a $271 million revenue for uh, athletics this past year, which is pretty freaking incredible. That's that nice. is actually up $32 million from the year before. That's a lot of money. Winning helps, doesn't it? 
it bumps it up for sure. <laughs> National championship runs. And you I, know, would, I making would even this say next playoff. year after the first year in the SEC, they're going to hit 300 million. Yeah, I think we'll definitely see a jump there. We're still waiting for some of the other schools to release their numbers. But as of right now, through a public records request, yeah, Texas came out 271 million. Um, again, this is the largest single year for Texas, for the University of Texas since 2005, when the current reporting model was put into place. So wow. that's pretty crazy. That's a lot of beer. He sold a lot of beer. They sold for, a lot of beer. <laughs> I love it. Which, of course, in the era of NIL, certainly feels like it's helping. But we've got to keep that athletics separate from, that, yeah, that's from separate the Texas money. one That's fund. separate money. Yep. Yes. That'll be interesting to see if there is reporting on that. Um, right. Just as a comparison, Ohio State was the top grossing uh, school last year. And they came in at $251 million. So Texas, mm -hmm. a full $20 million over where Ohio State was last year be interesting to see those numbers come out for sure yeah well so. when you're on national championships championship runs like ohio state was then you can rake in lots of good money wow. and we know lots of programs you know basketball softball they all bring in money yeah but we all know football is the big breadwinner and when football is doing well everyone's making money for sure for all sure right. all right well we want to give one more shout out again to longhorn laundry yes. if you guys haven't listened nobody wants to waste their time washing their clothes dealing with laundry having to wait forever and ever and ever to for your load cycles to go through. Maybe you have some dry cleaning that you just don't want to deal with. Longhorn Laundry will get you guys taken care of. Uh, again, if you use code FTC20, you get $20 off of your first order. And what they're going to do for you is literally pick up your laundry. You give them all your dirty clothes. They pick it up. They clean it perfectly. They fold it, seal it so that it's nice and contained and bring it back to you. That delivery, all for free. Again, Longhorn Laundry will take care of you, get you looking good, get you feeling fresh. And then you don't have to waste your time doing it. It's pretty incredible. We're seeing nice. uh, a lot of it. Again, they're a fan favorite. Um, they're also helping out the, the football team, the baseball team. We're seeing they're really mm -hmm. taking off. So check them out. Again, that's longhornlaundry.com. Or you can give them a call directly at 512-470-1005. Again, that is the owner, Aboss. Like, he, that is his personal cell phone. He cares that much about having his service and being a five-star laundry service. So give him okay. a check. Again, that code is FTC20 for $20 off your first order. And we want to give that a huge shout out to them. Longhorn Laundry. Good Love job, them. Longhorn Laundry. Love it. Thank Love you it. for supporting Fire the Cannon on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Absolutely. So we have a couple, uh, one more thing before we wrap up. We'll just remind everybody, Texas hockey game. And last I checked, the tickets were almost sold yeah, out. Yeah, I want to see where they're if at now. Not, yeah, let me look real quick. I know they had 70 available last night, 30 available about 1 o'clock today. They are definitely going fast. So if you guys haven't checked them out, again, we'll throw a link here in the comments um, in just Texas a second. TexasIceHockey.com. TexasIceHockey.com. You have to go to the upper uh, right corner, click on the menu, drop it down, and you can go to purchase tickets. And you have to let it load because a few sports load up, and then you have to finish letting it load for the hockey to show up because people were saying, I don't see it showing up. But, yeah, okay, so you wait a second for it to show up. There are only 14. We did a good job did, helping hey, them sell these tickets this week. There's only 14 <laughs> tickets left for adults, eight for um, teens that are only five bucks and kids seven and under kids 10 and under are free but you got to reserve a spot you do have to reserve a spot yeah so yep. go quickly if you're going to get them because there's only 14 adult tickets left so Ooh, that's, it's going to yeah. be fun texas ice hockey and again join us the game is at 8 p.m at chaparral ice this friday taking on the aggies the, texas, the most the fourth most miserable, the fourth most miserable <laughs> fan base out there uh, so it is again rivalry week i mean we we get to see 
uh, Texas basketball, both men's and women's. Again, men had that great victory in Norman. Women take on in Oklahoma one hour. in one hour. And then Texas takes on Texas A&M and ice hockey this Friday. So come join us. We will be at Cover 3 uh, for happy hour about 6 o'clock. Again, that's on Anderson Lane across from the North Cross Mall area. Uh, so join us. Have a drink with us. Fire the cannon, Megan and Rocky. Um, and there. let's go to some Texas ice hockey together. So, all right, y'all. Again, we appreciate you joining us. Please be sure to like and subscribe to Texas Sports Unfiltered online. Again, you can watch on YouTube. You can stream on Facebook. We are Fire the Cannon. As always, I'm Megan. I'm Rocky. And we're Fire the Cannon. Thanks, y'all. And we'll see you next time.